from downtown, this is Tim Kitsar from NBA Jam, and you're listening to Nintendo Main Podcast. Boom shakalaka! This week on Nintendo Main, it is our top 10 best games of 2020. <sighs> 2020 was the year I played way more than 10 games. Time to power up the Wii U again. Welcome to Nintendo Main Podcast, episode 251, our year-ending episode, the big one of 2020 right here. Just because we're the show, we like to wait till the end of the year to do to do our official Game of the Year stuff. And just because I don't feel like I deserve vacation, I continue to edit until until the end of 2020. But yeah, this is it. This is our episode where we're going to talk about the, our final 10, final 10 choices of 2020. And it's going to be great. You know, talk about those things that helped us get through such a miserable, miserable, miserable year of 2020. So, but here, yeah, we're here. I, <laughs> we are your hosts. I'm Trey Naysayer Johnson. I'm Jeremy. Can't get the blood stains out of my mind. Mikowski. I'm John 3D Knitter. 3D. Yeah. Uh, Christmas is over. Just uh, how was your Christmases? I don't think I really talked to you guys that much on you know after Christmas. How did it go? It was pretty good. <laughs> it was okay. It was pretty, yeah, yeah. I, I was here just you know, by myself, but um, yeah, we worked it out. I did a lot of video calls with everybody, and I got to see everybody open their presents at my, my, at my parents' house. They, they had me propped up with an iPad on, on the mantle so I could see the whole living room and <laughs> as everybody was opening all their presents and it was it was weird. It was it was cool but it was it was weird. It was like I was watching one of my old home movies and it was happening live. Mm. That is weird. Yeah. Weird. <laughs> like an interactive home movie. Like right. a like an old like reel, like an old film reel you find in the attic yep. or something like that. <laughs> yep. doing Bob Saget voiceovers. <laughs> I dropped it. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Stuff like that. Is that what he sounds like? And then someone gets kicked in the nuts for some reason. I just remember <laughs> I just remember him really being not funny. That's what nope. I remember about Bob Saget. Even in even on Full House. Especially on Full House. Yeah, that, I mean we didn't we didn't really do any any video calls, which was great for me. I think I think Jess like videoed a little bit with her grandma and aunt and uncle, but we had a... Just uh, just said uh, she wanted to have a Japanese Christmas, so we had we actually had a Chinese pork belly recipe though. But we had uh, this hung chow ro, which is like a slow cooked pork belly, and it was really really good. I thought it was like one of the best Jess's made, so that's what we had for Christmas. Oh yeah, you sent a picture of that. It looked super duper good. And she also bought me she bought me this ramen shirt that I'm wearing right now. It's a it's like it basically looks like it's like Godzilla, but it's a giant ramen bowl. It says like ramen, that's cool. ramen kaiju, oh, kaiju ramen. Yeah, and she also bought me, ordered me some Japanese green tea. 
for. So that's what I got from her, which green tea is great. That's that's one of the perks of 2020 is I've been able to drink a lot of tea, and I'm very happy about that. So Me too. I stocked up the other month. I ordered like probably four months worth of tea. No, oh, okay. Yeah. What, what kind of yeah. tea do you drink? Feel better. What do you drink, John? My favorite is jasmine green tea. It okay. has, I, I, had, I believe, yeah. it has like, like uh, antidepressant qualities. Yeah, you, and you, you like talk, I, yeah. I just noticed that, like after I drank some, I just felt better every time. So I looked it up, and there's a certain ingredient I can't remember the name of it, but it's in the tea, and it is an antidepressant. Yeah, so. well, well, I mean, tea in itself is supposed to be good for you, like yeah. antioxidants and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But uh, I remember you talking about jasmine green tea. I, if you ever, if any of you ever, anybody or the show listeners. If you ever want to get into Japanese green tea, uh, Oi, Oi, Oi Oicha is probably like the best tea there is. It's like the, it's like the best Japanese. Is that a brand or a type? It's, it's a brand, but like the roasted, uh, the roasted rice tea, I think is the best that I've had. I think it's in like an orange package. You can buy it in bottle form at some places too. But yeah, it's like OI, OICHA. That's the stuff that I, that I was, that's the stuff we've been trying to find because you can't really find it around here. And that many places, and we even when we went to uh, even when we went to H Mart, we couldn't find it there. But if you can find like that or like the equivalent of like Japanese roasted rice tea, that's awesome. That's like my favorite. It's like my favorite type type of tea right there. So that's what we were going for. Um, yeah, I guess uh, you know since since this is our top ten episode, we're just gonna like we'll we'll talk about like stuff we got for Christmas and stuff like that as as our like you know buy of the week or whatever. But um. I also I also got some T-shirts from Justice Grandma, video game related ones that they found at Target. I guess it was basically just Jess went with, with her grandma to Target and bought some T-shirts. So I got I have a Legend of Zelda: Ocarina of Time shirt from Target, Ooh. and uh, and a, a Child's Play shirt, which is hilarious <laughs> that they still have those there, and uh, a Venom shirt. So I got a bunch of shirts. Target usually has some pretty good graphic tees. Like every time I stop in there, I got to go in the T-shirt section, and they're usually like. 10 bucks or not that much yeah no the, the, yeah they're not expensive actually last time i was at target i bought i bought a venom shirt and a nintendo 64 shirt and they were both pretty cool you know i've worn them on the show before so yeah and they were like 12 dollars, so it's like not it's not expensive so i was just really surprised that they had a child's play shirt and it's not even like the new child's play the new remake which is pretty good actually it's like a bride of chucky child's play you know it's like that design with like the stitched up face and all that stuff and I just thought it was. I was asked Jess. I was like, I was like, did your grandma like say anything? <laughs> this is like a horror movie shirt. Like, did she understand that? And I guess she just she just didn't care. So I just think it's funny that that's I don't know. <laughs> it just seems like a weird shirt. But yeah, that's what that's what I ended up getting as far as like physical gifts and stuff. What what did you do for Christmas, Jeremy? Uh, played it pretty easy. Uh, we did see my parents, but it was a. Uh pretty low key so while you're fixing that stuff i just grabbed my shirts real quick so i could show them to you here's the there's the legend of zelda one right there just regular and here's the chucky one (laughs) i'm your friend to the end yep that's great (laughs) that's that's an intense shirt for a grandma to buy (laughs) it's hilarious i think it's awesome and here's the venom one that's cool appropriate shirts for you i don't really have any white shirts so there you go there's a white shirt. You have the one of uh, with our faces on it. <laughs> yeah, I have that one. It's only white because I had to make it because I made it on the day. And, and if you want to do an actual hour-long T-shirt, it has to be on white. 
Because it's, you know, because they have to, like, double print it on darker mm-hmm. colors, okay, which, is, yeah. which is what I learned. But I think I also have, like, a wizard one that I made that I made that says, uh, it has, like, the other poster on it, it says Joystick Heroes. Oh, the German title. Yeah, I made it. I made it because I remember John told me about that. Joystick but, Heroes? Yeah. How was your Christmas, Jeremy? We can start again. It, it was fine. Like I said, it was mostly low-key. It's all yeah. my parents really briefly, but that was nothing really notable. Um, did some gift exchanges, but mostly just hung out online and hung out with Shauna. Did you get anything cool? Yeah, I got some cool stuff. So uh, probably one of my favorite gifts I got was a pair of wireless headphones, which I was going to try to use this episode, but, yeah, but- I didn't want to mess around with sound settings and stuff maybe we'll try later but yeah i was wondering yeah, Sh- shauna yeah. got me a nice wireless pair of headphones yeah i, say, I wonder cool. where your new headphones are because she actually she told me about them because mm-hmm. i was uh she asked me to dissuade you from buying new ones in case you I've talked been, about it I've on the show i've been obsessively <laughs> looking at them and yeah debating whether or not i wanted to buy a pair for myself for yeah. a birthday present and... yeah the 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 subject never really came up in the so yeah you, you got wireless headphones <laughs> i did um and I mean, I was kind of obsessively talking about them for the past month or two with Shauna, and I was like looking at different types. And she got me a nice pair of Sony's that are basically like the same ones I was looking at. What do, What do they look like? You show them. Yeah, hold on. maybe the ghost stole them. No, they're right here. They're just really basic headphones. Oh, okay, cool. I had these. I had these Sony's that they're actually. I have them here, but the the attachment on the ear was really thin, so it came apart easily but aside from that they worked fine but those it looks like those ones are solid so they like are. so the more recent the headphones that i got i made sure that the attachment was thicker so it wouldn't like fall off and i and i've been using i have sennheiser ones which are the same brand as the ones that i use here but those have been my i've used those like crazy and they've been yeah these are great and they're USB-C powered which makes me really happy because i'm just sick of six of <laughs> micro usb or whatever sure yeah those plugs always mess up on me and break, and I feel like those ports are just cursed with, not like this house, but the ports are more <laughs> likely to get bent up and broken because you put things in them the wrong way. You don't oh. have to worry about that with the USB-C. Sure. Plus, yep. I can just chart. I have my plug sticking out of my switch dock right here next to my desk, and I can just plug these in to that plug. I don't I don't know what, what you guys do to your plugs. Like, my, my cords never break. Like, I still have all of the cords I have for my iPhone – or all the cords I ever got that came with I came with the iPhone. I never bought any other ones, so I have like That's four. I don't know. You got like the only good batch of iPhone cords ever. I, I just I just protect my shit. I've never broken a cable. <laughs> the only time that the cables broke was cheap ones that just broke on their own. They just stopped working, but they don't like fall apart. You know, like I still have all of the original iPhone plugs because I because I don't like buying things and I. Trying to keep everything that I have because I'm used to being broke, which actually really helped for the pandemic. But you know, I, I finally know. ended up a while ago buying the anchor cords, which are like they're braided and they're guaranteed up to thirteen thousand bends, which the 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 um, regular standard iPhone ones are like three thousand bends, and they were like forty bucks. But I, I don't bend. But, but I don't yeah. bend. I don't bend my cords. Why do you guys bend your cords? <laughs> I just what happens to all of my cords? Yeah that my phone will fall while it's plugged in and then when it falls it bends the oh, okay yeah so even i bought like not quite as nice the, the ones john's talking about of the cords but i bought those braided ones off amazon that have like the stainless steel connectors and everything and I, those break just as easily because it's the actual port part that 
mm. they get messed up. And that's happened to me with literally every micro USB cord I've had. So I don't know. I just don't take good care of my stuff when it comes to cords, I guess. I have a I have a Ziploc bag like in, in, in my in the back that's just labeled like mini USB cables because I have so fucking many of them. You know, just because I realized that I was just finding a bunch of them, so I just put them all in a bag, and there was like 20 of them. So mm-hmm. whenever I need one, I could just, go, just go back there. I've never had any problems with, and I've had the same yeah. ones since I got my Switch almost four years ago. So Yeah, same with – I mean, the only ones I have are the ones – like I bought one – like right when I got the Switch, I bought one for like travel, you know, mm-hmm. which I quickly realized you can't use the dock with it, so I had to buy another one. But uh, – because you have to have the specific Nintendo made plug to to get the dock to work. You can't use it with just a USB C plugged into a, to an, into the wall. But um, I have that, and then I have the USB C plugs that came with controllers that I bought, and those are the ones that I have. You know, like the one that came with the Pro and the two that I have from the two different Pro controllers. Yep, I've got so. the one from the Pro, and then a little tiny one that I got with the uh, Game and Watch. Hmm. So. Oh, and there was also one that came with the uh, SNES controller. I forgot about that. Yeah. So I just I just have those that I keep. But yeah, cords. This has been Nintendo main cord episode. Yeah. Uh, we just got had to fall into a rabbit hole there on cords. Did you get any sort of uh, video game related stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got plenty of cool stuff. So, well, I guess technically I didn't get a bunch of game stuff now that I'm thinking about it. I got a card for Disc Replay, so now I have two of those. So I'm definitely going to go buy something cool at Disc Replay when the dust settles a little bit and not as many people are hanging out in that area of town. But yeah, otherwise, I, I spent some I spent all my eShop money for my birthday, finally. Mm. I feel like that's kind of like a Christmas gift because my birthday's so close to Christmas. Sure, yeah. But I also bought, uh, I bought Remington Super Slam Hunting North America for Shauna for Christmas. And that the was the Switch. last of those Remington Super Slam hunting games that we didn't have. So now we have the whole on the Wii. Yeah, it's on the Wii. Oh, okay. Because I saw Look. there, I saw there were some hunting games on the Switch too. I don't know. They probably don't have the good motion control though. Nope. The Remington Super Slam games are the best point and click shooting games on the on the Wii. Like we've done all our research and stuff, and she just happened to buy me the 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 one the Super Slam hunting Africa for my birthday a few years ago, just on a whim because she knew that we could play them together. And that ended up being one of the best ones. So we just stuck to that series. There's North America, uh, Alaska, and then there's like a great, there's like a bird hunting one, which isn't as fun, but there's four total. We have all four now. So it's kind of fun. Why do they call it super slam? I don't know. Super slam those animals with your bullets. Yeah, you're just killing it. You, sh- you literally just shoot everything that moves in that game. It's pretty fun. Like the, the, it's, it's because there's like a mini game where you get to play basketball also with the animals. Yeah, it's yeah, on yeah. The side. You gotta right. shoot yeah, the after you shot them, it's just like, hey, man, we good? Let's play a game. Yeah. You shoot the rabbit and it flies off into the distance into a big giant hoop. Yeah. <laughs> Tim Kitcher go, boom, shakalaka. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, who's um, that guy? I've never heard him on this podcast. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's mindless fun, but we're having a good time with it. I think it was the first one of that series made. You can just kind of tell graphically it's not on par with the other ones. And some of the, like, goals in it are weird. Like, instead of just being a score-based system where you win based on how many points you can get to qualify for the different medals, you also have to do, like, you have to get a certain amount of chain, a chain, and you also have to get a certain amount of some sort of special kill or 
or whatever. So like either like long distance or like hit them in the lung. Like you have to get 15 lung shots or something. Mm. So it's really interesting how it adds those extra goals, but also kind of annoying. Like, like in a row. Yeah. So like in order to beat the level, you'd have to get 10, like, you know, long shots, shooting something in the distance and also get a chain of 15 unbroken chain of 15 Mm. hits in a row. And then also, you know, a score. So you have to get all three things in order to, to qualify. Otherwise you'll fail. We've literally been like 200 points shy of of the score and had everything else and still lost. So Oh, wow. It's also a lot harder than the other ones in that there's way more animals that try to kill you in this one. And it's mainly the, the packs of wolves that suck because there'll be like eight or nine wolves running at you at once. And if you don't reload in time, they'll kill you. Oh, wow. Did you ever play? I, I'm sure you did because I like pushed it so much. But you remember House of the Dead Overkill, right, Jeremy? Yeah, I have it. Oh, you I do have it. Played a lot of it. Yeah, but I do have it. Because the, the, it kind of reminded me of that. Because the idea of House of the Dead Overkill is if you actually want to play the game right and get like the scores, you basically have to not miss anything. Like that's the mm-hmm. idea of that game. Is you want to do like combos. So if you want to like unlock stuff, you have to like just only shoot when you can hit something and get really really high combos. And that just kind of reminded me of that game. Except for something really cool in that game is you can't die. In order when you die, all you do is lose lose points from your score so it won't actually you can't actually get a game over you can just get a really bad score so it's all about you know it's it's kind of made it super replayable for me it's just try to like go through it and not miss anything and get higher scores and all that and it kind of reminded me of that that's what made it so much fun yeah it's a fun arcadey kind of game you know like if you don't have qualms with shooting animal with shooting cute animals because (laughs) that's what the game's all about but it really kind of like if you can just kind of like get over the fact that you're shooting cute animals, then it's it's a lot of fun. You're not you're not really shooting them. No, you're not. It's like a shooting gallery kind of thing. But a, another cool thing I got as a gift that was, it's game related was from John, and it kind of like gives me hope for the future a little more. Like it's like a light at the end of the tunnel. Was a, a, a day past a galloping ghost. Yeah, that was the idea. I wanted to get you something that was like you know, hey, one day this will all be over, and uh, hopefully we can all go to galloping ghost and. Have a good I time. So, so. And yeah, I really appreciate that. It's just like, not only that, but I, I like that you're supporting a place that I love. You know, you gave them money. Yeah. I can't use it yet. That's what I was thinking too, because I know they're still open at the time, but there's there's certainly less less uh, people coming, so mm-hmm. they might be able to use the help. And actually, I thought of it kind of late in the game. I was going to get you guys eShop cards and everything, but I saw a post on Facebook from Doc Mack, and he was pretty much saying exactly that. Hey, you know, we got gift cards, you know, good good gift for the holidays and support the arcade and all that kind of stuff. And I thought that's maybe the better way to go. And and, and they're like forever cards, right? They're, they're never going to run yeah. out, right? You can use them whenever whenever it's... Because I, I, we're obviously... I'm not... Because you, you got me one too as well, John. Yep. Thanks. And uh, and yeah, I'm, I'm not going to use it anytime soon because I don't feel, wouldn't feel comfortable and wouldn't really have a good time if I went there. But right. in, in, the yeah, future, in the future when everything is okay and we're vaccinated and all that stuff, then yeah, we could have a time where we all go there together and it would be great. And that would mean that, you know, you have to come visit me because it's in the, in Chicago. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to go, you can't just like go, you know, we'd have to actually hang out and stuff. Yeah, absolutely. So I definitely intend when this is all over, I'm I'm going back to the Midwest and you know, I'm staying at home for a month and then you know, I'll, I'll do a, a stretch in Chicago too. So sure. Yeah. Make yeah. Whenever. A lot of lost time. Whenever that is, <laughs> in the at this time next year, you know we'll be we'll be thinking about all the things we're going to do in 2022 at the beginning. That's, yeah, so we got there. Finding out about the new whatever new mutant, mutant strain is 
showing up by then. <laughs> yeah, jeez. Sorry to be dark, but yes, totally the first case of that new strain was detected in Colorado yesterday. Yeah, I heard I heard right. about that. Yeah. Yay. Yay, fun stuff. Yeah, did you haven't sent it out yet, right, John, or have you? The day pass? The, the cards, oh, I bought them, so they should be arriving. Oh, okay. But they're they're getting sent to when. our places, right? They're getting sent to your places, Okay, yeah. I wasn't sure if Jeremy had gotten his yet or not, if I should worry, because we, we lost a package, like, from my mom for Christmas. I haven't gotten mine yet. Because the post office actually delivered it to the wrong house, it wasn't uh, our fault. Yeah, it was. It was a whole thing. It was kind of a shame they couldn't get it for Christmas, but it's fine. I, I saw that ad too late, and I was like, I bought it that day, and so it's not. It's not going to come for a little while, but it'll come eventually. It'll come before the pandemic is over. I'll guarantee you that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, I, I I got something for Jeremy too, and it it hasn't it hasn't gotten there yet. Like it, they they didn't ship it until after Christmas. I thought they were going to do it before, so so that one's still still MIA. So we'll we'll talk about it whenever it, whenever it gets here. But I think I think you'll like it. So. Yeah, I'm still waiting on something I ordered from. I ordered a T-shirt from Supergiant almost a month ago, and I still haven't even gotten confirmation of it shipping yet. So yeah, I know a lot of these different things are just delayed by. All the crap that's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, that's pretty much it for game-based stuff I got. I got a lot of other cool stuff this year. It was I made out like a bandit, I feel, this Christmas. But I did buy some stuff with my eShop money, thanks to you, John, you Trey, you, John, and then Dave Hutchinson. I had I was sitting on, you know, like a lot of eShop currency that I wanted to use as efficiently as possible. So I already bought the new the the Fire Emblem re-release, which was only like what was it, five, six bucks? Yeah, I think it was six. It was cheap, so I still had plenty left. So this week I was like, "Well, let's buy some other games." So I got Tyco, Tyco Drum Master. Yeah, because I was like, "Well, I want to play this," and it's it was really cheap. So I bought that. I'm only I barely played it, and I'm not super fond of how the Joy Cons work with it. But I know you had said you could use DK drums with it. Yeah, I don't use I don't use the motion control. You you can use the DK drums with it. I've tested it myself. It works. And uh, you've got the actual drum controller, right? Yeah, I have the drum controller that I bought from Japan, but you can do it with the bongos. The only problem is, is you have to, you have to switch it out. You basically have to switch it to a regular controller to select the songs, and then switch it to the bongo controller because the bongo controller doesn't have, uh, doesn't have a control pad on it Deep to in. select songs. So, oh right. But you can use it for the songs. You just have to like just hot swap them and put the other one in and pick a song. So, but it was cheap, and I just thought, you know. One of these days I'll be able to play it, I guess. Um, Are you going to get the drum too? Maybe. Sean and I have been talking about picking up the DK stuff for a while because we really want to play it. Yeah. If we do, then, I, and then I'll use that. Yeah, because you, you guys don't have DK bongos yet, and I know she we was don't. thinking about getting it. Yeah, we really want both both those games. And I have a, and I have my GameCube with the HDMI out on it, so mm-hmm. it's ready to rock whenever we can get it. We could also play it on her Wii. True. Uh but anyway, I bought that, and I bought uh, Bloodstained, finally. Finally. You got it. I was going to get that. many years. I always thought about getting that for you for Christmas, but it was like, yeah, I don't know. I never did. This was the cheapest I've ever seen it. Yeah, yeah it was like really on sale. There was there's a whole bunch of like winter sales going on right now, obviously. They did like another, pretty much everything on sale that isn't Nintendo was, <laughs> you know, was, was, mm-hmm. was dropped a bunch. So I got I got some stuff, too. But yeah, I really like had it Bloodstained so all these years. What's that? I thought you had Bloodstained all these years. Nope. 
I, I had, I had, I got it. I, I bought it when it came out, and then there was the whole thing with the it didn't run very well on Switch, but they patched it a bunch. It runs better now. I mean, how? What do you think? What do you think of it? Uh, so playing? I like it. I mean, it's fun. Um, it definitely feels like one of my favorite, you know, my favorite genre of these Castlevania games that was on mm-hmm. that peaked on the Game Boy Advance, in my opinion. Uh, it feels like playing one of those games, and I mean, it feels a lot like playing one of those like. They just replaced like the enemies with different types of enemies, but you're still fighting zombies. You know, they're just replaced by like these muck monsters or something. And everything about it just feels like a fan game. And then you're like, no, this is actually made by the guy who did Castlevania Symphony. Yeah. I, uh, I mean, the save places, the, the walls you can break, the, the level up system, the equipment, the souls are in there. You collect souls. Sure, yeah. Oh, yeah, and you can get it's like very much like a was a harmony of dissonance, mm. where you get the essence of the character and then you can use it as a weapon. Like uh, I know Ari that's definitely Sorrow. in there. Yeah, Harry of Sorrow. Yeah. I wonder if he's ever like, oh man, I really wish this was a Castlevania game though. Like he's working on this other series, making you know these alternate characters with with Bloodstain, but does he really in his heart want to make a Castlevania game? I I would think that he would prefer this because he has creative control. Like it's not. Mm. You don't have Konami like a, uh, you know, looming over your back and all that. You can just do whatever you want. So I, I would, if I was a developer, I would think you'd want to do Kickstarter, you know, because then you can do, you can do weird dumb shit like uh, like Hideo Kojima and Death and Death Stranding. You know, I don't think they'd let him do that for Konami. You know, I don't know. They'd make him make a pachinko machine or something. You can make a stupid, you can make a stupid ass game about a dude that that carries stuff that doesn't control well, and people love it. You know. <laughs> you, you, you can do it. You can do whatever you want. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it definitely feels it definitely feels like Castlevania. I, I kind of thought it kind of felt like the same game, but with a different protagonist, you know. But the protagonists are always different in Castlevania, anyway. So yep. it doesn't really matter. In fact, they've even like changed it up in those games where you won't just have one. You're like playing with two of them at once, or yeah. one of them's just a magic user and doesn't use weapons. Or like they've done all these different things with it. So it already feels like a Castlevania game that's just got an alternate take. So. Yeah, it's cool. I mean, I, I will say one thing I, I kind of wish that, and I don't know if it has to do with the frame rate or the resolution or what, but something's up with it to where I don't feel like I could see much detail in the characters, which kind of is a bummer to me because that's one of my favorite part of those games is how like detailed the the different enemies are and stuff and the little interesting death animations and stuff. Mm. It just seems kind of blurry to me and um, kind of choppy sometimes. And it's definitely something I, you know, I just ignore in, in it while I'm playing. Like I get over it pretty quick and I'm just having a good time with it, but it could look a little nicer. I'm going to mm-hmm. say that it could, it could definitely look a little nicer and I would probably like it even more for it. Yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if they're still trying to patch it. I remember there was a whole thing about it not looking good on the switch. And also I haven't seen like, I mean, maybe I could look it up on YouTube, but I haven't done a direct comparison of it running on other hardware. Maybe it looks like that on everything, you know. Maybe what I, what I'm <laughs> complaining about is actually just a, a standard feature of it across all platforms. Because these games are pretty dark, like literally dark in their presentation, so that might be part of what the issue is. And I know, like it was any of the bugs was all across systems, like a uh, where mm-hmm. people were getting stuck or like game freezes and stuff like that. That was in all of the systems. So I think I put a little over an hour into it, and I mean, I'm having a good time with it. No, no bugs as far as I've seen. And if I and and I wouldn't even bring up all that visual stuff if it weren't part of the part of the whole story of this game and what people have complained about. Like I, 
Otherwise, I would just leave that out and be like, well, it's a great game. And for what I paid for it, like, I think I used my, that was the one I used my gold points towards. So I think I paid less than 10 bucks for it. Mm. Totally worth it. Yeah, no, I saw, I saw it was really cheap. And I mean, I was going to say you should get it, but you already got it. So I don't even have to, don't even have to suggest it to you. I, uh, you should, uh, you, you had ties, you have time spinner, right? Didn't you get that one? I do. You should beat that one also. I should go back to that. It's been over a year since I played that. I really liked I really liked Time Spinner. I actually I, I got stuck on Bloodstain. Like I got got to this boss I just could not get through. No matter how many times I tried tried to grind and I just kinda put it down because of that. Hopefully you'll get past that once you get to it. But... A little tougher in this than... Oh yeah, for sure. Like that that very first boss I remember on that was pretty dumb hard. Like I was like, this sucks. It was like right out of the gate. It's like, oh yeah, here it is. It's a uh, you're obviously way under leveled, and you've barely played the mm-hmm. game. And I was like, uh, what? So, yeah, it was kind. It was kind of like that. But I think I'm on the second boss now, and he's pretty hard. He's hitting me for like massive damage, and I think I I gotta level up or I gotta grind a little bit. Yeah. Once you once you get to a two headed dragon thing, let me know. That's where I <laughs> I think that's where I got stuck. I don't I don't remember. That's where I got stuck on. Um, uh, what was the first circle of the moon? It was on a dragon with multiple heads. Oh, okay, yeah, that's the furthest I ever got in that game. Yeah, well, maybe that's just how he do. Mm-hmm. Uh, lastly, I bought Phoenix. Yeah, whatever the full name of that game is, Immo- uh, <laughs> Immortals Phoenix Rising. Yeah, yeah, Immortals Phoenix Rising. Yeah. Um, just I'd been seeing enough about it, and the, and then Trey, I saw you were playing it a lot whenever I. Oh yeah, no, it's the profile on. Switch, so I was like, fuck it, I'll buy it. I mean, it was on sale. I could have gotten it for even cheaper from Best or from GameStop, but then I would have had to wait for them to ship it. And it said it wasn't going to ship until like January 8th or something like that. Yeah. So I was like, no, I'm going to pay the extra money. <laughs> and plus, I have this eShop money, you know, sitting here to just get it now. And I'm glad I did because that, because it's fun. And I didn't have a chance to play it right away. But once I actually was able to sit down and put some time into it, I think I put a couple hours in. But it's good. I don't. I don't want to talk too much about it because I don't Because it might be it. Well, it might be in my list later. But uh, it's. I'm just happy that everybody's coming around to Immortals: Phoenix Rising because it's actually really good. Like I was so surprised. Like I didn't really. It's expect a really that. pretty game, and yeah. it's very. I don't know. It's. It's got that same sort of. You know, I'm sure it's been compared to death to Breath of the Wild, but it, you know, it's got that appearance a little bit. It's got a lot of analogs to that game as far as the stuff goes, but really ultimately it's just a really cool open world, really pretty open world game that doesn't take itself too seriously. And I, and I like that. That's kind of what I like. It's funny. Like it's actually, uh-huh. it's actually funny. Like uh, I laughed a few times at it because it's, it's, you know, it's the Greek gods like from, like from Hades, but it's just, it's, they're funnier about it. Like it's in the very beginning of the level, you know, you kind of have to go into like these, you go into these like mini dungeons, you know, very much like breath of the wild. And when you go in there, you're going into Hades, right? So, like, the first one you go into, it's like, and then she died, and then they do, like, fake credits. And I'm like, that's hilarious. Like, and this is, like, in the first, like, ten minutes of the game. I'm like, oh, wow, they really, they're really just going for it. And I just, I like it. There's been some genuinely funny stuff in there and, like, just clever writing from from what I played of it. Seeing how fast this went on sale, I have a feeling yeah. it's going to go on sale a lot. And it's probably going to get even cheaper. Sure. I'm just, I'll wait till then. I'm I could have waited yeah. a little longer on it, but... 
it's it's but totally I'm kind of glad I didn't because it's, it's totally good. worth it. Like I I actually felt kind of bad for well I mean I didn't know anything about it. I didn't want to drop 60 bucks on it, but I was thinking, you know, I had that like last job of the year and I'm like, well, I'll have a little bit extra money and I'm like I'm like, well, I should buy I'm like I should do like one big one big last game for the year. And I thought about getting Hyrule Warriors and I'm like I'm like I can get that and I'm like and I'm thinking, well, what do I actually want from this? I don't really want to just play battles over and over again. I want the experience of Breath of the Wild. And I'm like, well, if I want the experience of Breath of the Wild, why don't I just bring buy this other game that's actually like Breath of the Wild instead of this, you know, Dynasty Warriors game that has Zelda characters? And I don't really care that much about the story. Like the actual thing that I miss from Breath of the Wild is the exploration. And Fien- and Immortals has that in Spades. And it also uh what what I've been mentioning on on the message boards and stuff. And I'm so happy that people are coming around to the game because it's, like I said, it's actually really good. And it's cool that like people actually got it like in the sale and they're actually realizing that it's a great game and nobody really talked about it. So you feel like it just kind of slid under the radar because of whatever time, maybe I guess the release mix, maybe there's some other shit that came out from some other, mm-hmm. maybe it was, maybe it got swept under the rug because of the PS five and all that other shit. But yeah, but no, it's. I'm glad that people are coming around to it. I've seen a lot of posts about it lately in all the Nintendo groups, and that makes me another. Happy. Re- yeah, another reason why I grabbed it was because I was like, "Well, when is there going to be a big adventure game on the Switch? Like, what is on the horizon?" And I don't really see anything yeah. anytime soon that would be that big adventure game that I mm-hmm. that I felt like playing lately. Especially around the holidays, you just kind of want to play these big escapism kind of. Yeah, it's big games. I, I was watching footage of it because actually, I mean, this all sparked from Nate from from our guest Nate. Thank you, Nate, when he was talking about it on our show, and I was, you know, and he, you know, said it was really fun, and I was like, well, maybe I should take a look at it. So I started watching streams of it on Twitch while I was editing, and I was just, I just saw somebody flying around a, an open world, and I'm like, I'm like, well, I love that stuff. Like, uh, like was it Marvel Lego Marvel superheroes? Was like one of my favorite games because it was just an open world with superheroes, and everything was connected. And I fucking loved it. And they've never, you know, the Legos games have never really come close to that ever since. But, but, it, but I saw that and it just had reminded me of that type of thing. And I was like, well, this looks exactly like what I want. So I just like went for it on a whim when it was $20 off. And I ended up getting it through Amazon because I knew it would get here quicker. I know, whatever, Amazon, terrible. But they <laughs> deliver so fastly. So that's after getting kind of screwed over by GameStop or having to wait like three weeks for Star Wars Squadrons, I, I felt the same way Jeremy did, where it's like, I don't want to order from another another place that I know is going to take forever. I want to get ordered where I can get it in a couple of days. But what I've been saying on message boards and stuff or message boards, what I've been saying on comments of, of posts <laughs> is basically, you know, immortals is, it has the bones of, of breath of the wild, but it's, but everything else is different enough that it doesn't really feel like it's the same game to me at all. Like, yeah. Like, yeah, it's an open world. Yeah. It's got a bunch of mini dungeons. Yeah. There's like four main bigger dungeons that you go to like that's in there, but everything else is different. Like I, you know, there's a lot of stuff that's way different and it just, it just works really well. Like I have, like I, I caught this like blue unicorn that has like three bars of stamina and I fucking love it. And you can just like summon it and leave it wherever, whenever. And it just automatically shows up. You don't have to, you don't have to catch it. You just hold the button and it appears under you. It's amazing. <laughs> you know? It's cool, and like how you can use the stamina while you're while you're climbing, and and just like floating around and doing stuff is just a shit ton of fun. So the bow and arrow is freaking cool in that too. Oh yeah, I, I yeah. Don't, let's not talk about it too much. Yeah, yeah. I I just I haven't really said anything about it aside from comments yet, but I'll talk about it later. But I'm glad that you got it, and I'm glad that you're enjoying it because I am. It's cool. I'm sure I'll have more to say about it in the coming weeks because it's going to be a game I play a lot. 
Um, that's pretty much it, though. I mean, I got a couple other things, but video game related, that's pretty much it. Well, I, I didn't talk about any of the video game stuff directly, I guess, for me. I bought, uh, I mentioned it a few times on the show, but I can unveil what it is now because I gave it away. Uh, I bought Super Mario Maker 2 for Jess on uh, as a Black Friday sale. So now she has two games for Switch that she plays a lot. So I approve. That was a game that she well, that was a game that she loves. So and I mean, she loves Animal Crossing, but I wanted her to have another thing to play in case you know. I mean, I don't think she's ever going to get tired of Animal Crossing, but you know, in case she wants something else. And so I got it from Target. It was thirty nine ninety nine. That's the cheapest I'd ever seen Super Mario Maker two before. And I had wanted to get it for her for a while since I, since we first got her Switch, and and it's always just been sixty, and it was finally on sale, and we played some of the two player, you know, we we did some of the online stuff, and it's uh, you know Super Mario Maker Two is still fun. I mean, John knows, put like nine hundred yeah. hours into it. <laughs> Such a great game. Um, yeah. I feel like like I don't know, it doesn't get its credit. I feel like it kind of slipped away a little too soon. And Nintendo, you know, they said they were closing off support for it, and I just don't understand why. That's a game that can keep going on forever. They want to put out paid DLC. Lots of people will pay for more DLC. Mm-hmm. Like the audience is there. I wish they would just support it. We we played some of those levels that we got from uh the, from that guy that was watching a stream. Like his name's like Four P something. But uh, I downloaded a bunch of his levels, and Jess and I we played through them, and they were really fun. Like we did a bunch of co op stuff, you know, like wirelessly to, together. So yeah, it was it's cool. Now we can actually play two player because you need to copies to play two player super mario maker 2 so this explains so i thought I, I i thought maybe i was missing something in super mario maker 2 in fact i played it a little bit this week because i saw all of you guys were playing it at mm-hmm. different points i'm like what's happening in mario maker 2 that i'm missing out on like there must be an event or something so i went and i played the the ninja yoshi run or whatever is on there currently for a little while but now it makes sense you bought it for her Oh yeah, no. I, it's been it's been on my radar for a long time, and it was finally at a decent price, so I went for it. And yeah, she she she's been playing the Ninja Speed runs too because she never really they weren't there when she was playing when she was playing my copy of it. So yeah, she gets gets to experience that now, and she's been enjoying it. So it's cool. The gift of Super Mario Maker, the gift that keeps on going, keeps keeps on giving. But yeah, it's it's cool. We can we can play it now, and it's the only you know she has a she never she never wanted a physical game, but. Now she can have one in there, you know, and switch between the two of them. So I propose that we should all do some some multiplayer. That'll be fun. All four players. Sure, we could do that. Um, I, I also I also got a gift card from my mom, and I also got a thirty five dollars eShop card from Jeremy. And also there was a there was a sale on Amazon, like what ten percent off? Was it ten or twenty percent off of the cards? Ten percent. Ten percent. Yeah. So I did buy. I bought an Amazon card. With with the gift card money that I got from my mom, and then Jeremy sent me sent me a card as well. So I have some extra I have some extra money in my eShop. I'm actually holding on to it because in a couple of weeks that weird wrestling game is going to come out, and I'm going to buy it just to buy it, you know, just because there's no wrestling games on the Switch really. So I might get that one too. I'm waiting. I'm, I'm waiting be. on it. I mean, I'll try it. I'll be the ambassador. I'll play it when it comes out. I'm sure we can get the developer on there on here too. If I, oh, that'd if be fun. I talk, if I talk to him or try to find him on Twitter. But, um, so how much credit did you get all, all in all? Uh, I have sixty dollars on my switch right now, like over oh, si- nice. like over sixty bucks. So I I know that like I know that the, that wrestling game is coming out, but then there's the Retromania one coming out in February, which I'm a hundred percent getting, especially because yep. I talked to those guys and they said they'd be on the show. So so yeah, I got both of those on the horizon. Not to mention, you know, there's there's just a bunch of games in 2021 that I want to play. 
like you know no more heroes 3 whenever that's going to come out is is a definite but monster hunter rise uh shin megami tensei uh, uh bravely default 2 which i played the demo the demo was fucking hard as hell i got stuck on the first boss of that game yeah i actually tried it too because i thought yeah. the art style was really cool and i just wanted to have a look at it and, uh, I, yeah I, I'm, know, I'm still gonna i'm still, very far. I'm still buying it 100 percent, but it's a it's hard like it's it's a veterans. It's like a veteran RPG game, which is what I liked about it. It's made for like the nerds, the, the RPG nerds. But it's. I, I did a stream of the demo, and I tried playing that final boss, and it's hard. And even like, and I was even trying. I was like really trying at the end there, and I had a decent amount of people trying to encourage me on the stream, but eventually I just raged quit because I'm just like I cannot do this anymore. Because I had played it like five or six times, and I just kept not winning, and I'm like, "Fuck this!" But I gave it about ten minutes. That was it. But it's a uh, no. It's it's like the artist. The art is beautiful. They still have like the gorgeously designed towns and stuff like that. And uh, yeah, no, I, I'm gonna buy it regardless, just because I like it. But the demo is still difficult. And I was playing on like I don't know. I was playing on normal mode, whatever, whatever that is, you know. But I, also, I noticed that anything that you did in the previous demo automatically carries into the new demo. Like, all my characters were still the same levels that they were in the other one. Like, I started at, like, level 10, and I oh, didn't and I didn't pick out any of the jobs for any of the characters. They were the jobs that I already picked previously. Did that happen that's to you strange, guys? That's strange, because well, didn't they say at the very beginning that the, the, the progress in the demo won't carry over to the final game? Yeah. Yeah. That's weird that it went from demo to demo, but not from not to the final game. I prefer to start from level 1 <laughs> on the final game, because it started me wherever I was on the last demo, which was, like, above level 10. So everybody was already really hard because they like because I think it it's uh, it'll like the guys will change to your level you know depending on how how high you are so I felt like everything was pretty hard like right out of the gate on that maybe because my guys were higher leveled but but yeah no I'm still gonna get it just because I mean RPG I, I feel like I, if I didn't get that one I'd feel like I'd be doing a disservice to the show so but yeah I was I was saving stuff like that for that but I did get I got some stuff on sale. I bought what is it? I bought remain who what remains of Edith Finch. That was actually a couple weeks ago, just because it was on sale for five ninety nine. This is like a friend of the show. It's like one of Janet's favorite games. So I thought five ninety nine was a great price for it. You know, I haven't played it yet, but I was like, that's like nothing. I'm like, I'll buy it and play it whenever I get around to it. So I bought that. It's on there. Um, I also got this was one I was looking at for a while. I got Lonely Mountain Downhill. It's a it's a bike game. Oh yeah, and it's I, I saw it on a video for like Nintendo Everything or something like that. It was one of those like hidden gems on Switch that I managed to watch for whatever reason. And most of the games that were on there were stuff I'd already played, but this one was like, oh, I haven't seen this. This one looks really intriguing, and it's like a low poly uh, bike game. But it's I don't know. It kind of reminds me of like what maybe Trials would be if Trials ran better. I don't know. You played those games, right, Jeremy? So you would know. Yeah. But it's a yeah. You basically you you do these different trails on ma- on the mountain, and you're it's only two buttons, like one button to cycle that you hold, and then there's a button for boost. And you're hmm. just turning around these curves on this on this crazy trail going down this going down the mountain. And if you get hit once, you die, and you start again at a checkpoint. And that's that's the way it works. It's uh it's pretty simple, was, but it's incredibly addictive and a lot of fun. I was interested in that because there was a game on the PS2 that I really liked that my roommate Otis got. And it was called Downhill Domination. Do you remember that game? No, never heard. It's a of downhill it. <laughs> mountain biking race, mountain bike racing game. It's really good. Okay, um, well, this I got hooked on that one for a while. Th- this game is not actually. I mean, you're not racing against other bikers. It's more it's about more like trials. It's more about you understanding the 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 way the the way the path goes. But the game is beautiful. Like it's and the and the mountains look different and. 
I highly recommend it. It's only like twelve dollars right now. Is like it a it's, new game or is it? It came out. Like it came out this year. I think it came out in May of this year. So it's not that old. But it's but it's an indie. So who knows how long it was out before it came out on Switch? But it's it's really cool. Like it's yeah, I'm, I'm really digging it. Like it kind of reminds me, sort of. There was that weird. Uh, there was that weird stunt driving game on PlayStation Three, like Stunt Master Joe or whatever the fuck it was called. It kind of reminds me of that a little bit, but a little bit more like 3D and top down. And yeah, it's cool. I mean, I recommend. Oh, it. Oh, it's top down. Well, it's it's like kind of isometric, I guess. And it's yeah, and you can change the way you turn. Like if you'd rather make it just like left and right, you can do it that do it that way. Or you can also make it where you turn every direction, and it depends on how the angle is. Like there's there's different things you can do in the control options, but. It's cool, and yeah, and you unlock new bikes, you unlock different stuff for your character to wear, and all that stuff, and yeah, it's it's cool. Like I, I was Does just it playing ragdoll physics. I I don't know. It looks like it. <laughs> I mean, I it, it reminds me of. Do you remember that one time with my old roommate Brandon, Jeremy? You were here. We were playing GTA Five, and he was calling it Conquer the Conquer the Mountain, and we were like, we were like just riding bikes down this giant mountain to see how long we could go before we before we died. Do you remember that? Do you remember Conquer mm-hmm. the Mountain? It reminds me of that, but in like a smaller indie version, you know, it's like you're trying to ride a bike down a giant mountain without killing yourself. That's basically how the game is. And there's, and there's blood too. You know, there's little like pixely blood that comes out of you when you, when you mess up and, and, and I've done some pretty hilarious spills, so it's still enjoyable for me to, to, to wipe out. And like I said, there's checkpoints, so it makes it a little bit easier, even though the farther you get into it, if you do enough goals and there's different challenges for each one, but you also unlock very, like there's a whole bunch of races and there's actually DLC too, that just came out not that long ago where you can buy more mountain shit. So they already have paid DLC on there. That's like an extra $5, which I haven't bought that yet. Cause I haven't been played through the regular game, but no, it's, it's, it's really cool, but there's, there is a mode later where you can try to conquer the whole mountain in one go with no checkpoints, which I tried doing that. And I, couldn't do it yet but you basically have to memorize the whole thing you know because if you if you like hit there's no like life meter if you fall off at all you're you're out like if you if you fall off you got to start over so but it's very challenging i I could see you getting into it john like if if you were playing it you know yeah it looks like my kind of thing i could see you how much was it uh i think it was on sale for like 11.99 or something like that i really don't remember because you have 12.99 listed here yeah that's that was what i guessed at because i don't know I think the regular price was like 15 or something like that, so I don't think it's that much on sale, but I don't know. Regardless, give it a look. See what you think of it. Uh, also, I just want to mention it. I I felt I felt the need for a... Well, <laughs> it fit the name. I was like, I, I felt the need for a, for a racing game, so I got Need <laughs> for Speed Hot Pursuit remastered, and uh, that game's awesome. It's really good. Really? Okay. Yeah. So I was, was looking at that one, too. Yeah. That's to, the one with the cops. That's the one with the cops, Yeah. It's there's kind of a story to it, but there's not an open world like Burnout. But Burn, I th- really I really thought about getting Burnout uh, Paradise City also, but it's like it's still like John was saying, you wait until it's under twenty. I was like, well, I can wait till it's under twenty two, and I was just I'm like, I already have this huge open world game in Immortals. I'm like, I don't think I need another open world game. I want a game that's just going to be like, here's a race, do this race. I wanted it to be a little bit simpler, so that's kind of why I went for Need for Speed. But it's yeah, it's uh, it's really good. It's tough. It's hard, but you got to kind of you got to learn it. You got to learn the mechanics, which I'm fine with. But once you figure it out, it's really really cool, and it looks fucking good. Like the the graphics look great. I know it's a PS3 game, but I think it looks gorgeous still. Like I, I was still kind of blown away by some of it just watching. I'm like, man, these environments look really good. And it's and Criterion it's, made both yeah, games, right? They did. Burnout yeah, they, and this. 
They did. They made both of them. So they're both they're both the same company. And you can you can kind of tell like the crash the crash damage graphic looks really good and mm-hmm. yeah it's great it's it's a lot of fun like it's uh, I was really enjoying it like I was I felt like I was playing I was playing Immortals like all the time I'm like all I want to do is play Immortals and then I got Need for Speed and then I was like all I want to do is play this and blah 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 I just keep getting distracted the, keep getting distracted how's the cops stuff. how's the cops versus robbers aspect. Uh, it's cool. It has, you know, it kind of has like a, it has weapons in there. That was another thing that like swayed me to it from watching videos of it is that you have weapons you can use. You have like a giant, like spiky bar thing that you throw out of the back of your car that's, that'll pop the tires of whoever's behind you. So you can do stuff like that. There's an EMP bomb is what it's called, where you can target the person in front of you and it like kind of has an explosion in their car. Like they lose control for a minute. And there's also a, you can, you can jam the signals of whoever's behind you so they can't attack you. There's like four different weapons that you get, and you can kind of upgrade them through the levels depending on how much you use them. So that was a big sway for me as well when I was trying to compare this to Burnout. I'm like, well, like, well, Need for Speed has weapons, and I like weapons. You know, I like games with weapons. But yeah, the cop stuff is fun. You know, it's it's great all around. Like, there's 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 a whole bunch of different races. Like, they're all they all go in different ways. There's like time trials. There's races with other cars. There's ones where cops chase you. There's races with cars where cops also chase you. And there's ones where you're a cop doing a time trial. Or you're a cop chasing another person that you have to take down. There's ones where you have to take down multiple people in one race, like as a gauntlet type thing. So there's a ton of variety in here. Plenty of shit to play. I think there's like 80 some races like in the whole thing. It's gigantic. Like there's a, almost like 100 cars to unlock as well. And they're all like realistic cars, but they look really cool. And yeah. I've been enjoying it. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a thumbs up for me on uh, Need for Speed. So, yeah, that's that's what so I ended up getting. You would say you had a need for some speed? Yeah, that's what I was about to say. I'm like, I had a need for a racing game, but yeah, I needed speed, and I got it. <laughs> so that's that's another cool one. Also, just because I was really tired of waiting and it was on sale again, I got Tony Hawk 1 and 2 remaster for PlayStation 4. I, what do you think? Uh, it's great. It's Okay, this this is this is what I've been thinking. So I'm like, so I like, you know, I like Tony Hawk, but I don't think I like Tony Hawk 1 and 2 that much. That's that's kind of the one bummer of it. Cuz I think I still think ta- Downhill Jam is a fucking terrible level. Uh I still think Tony Hawk 2 is not that great. But as far as like presentation and the way the game plays is awesome. Like if you like those games, Tony Hawk 1 and 2, yeah, it's a hundred percent purchase. The soundtrack is fucking awesome. I want to buy the buy the albums of every single hip hop artist that's on there. They are so that's so fucking good. Like all the new stuff, the old stuff is good too. If you want to hear that, um, do they have the all the old stuff on there? Mostly, yeah. I mean, it's ninety. It's like ninety nine percent. I think there's maybe like one song missing. But another thing that's really cool is it's all one playlist. Like you don't have to like if you want to hear like. If you want to hear like Superman, you, you're not going to only hear, hear that in Tony Hawk 1. You're going to hear it in Tony Hawk 2 as well because it's all one playlist that goes through the whole game. And it doesn't stop when you stop when you stop the run, you know, that the songs will keep playing continuously. And another thing that's awesome is all of your stats and shit stay the same for both games. Like if you hop from 1 to 2, like you get the same stats. So if you get stats in 2, you'll have them in 1 also. That's like really brilliant as well. That's cool. And the presentation is fantastic. Like the levels look fucking great. Like I was playing the warehouse level, the first level in Tony Hawk 2, and they have posters of all of the Tony Hawk games on the walls in the warehouse, and I was like this is so fucking cool. Like I was just like I was just looking at it, I was like this is yeah, I love this. <laughs> you nice know. Tribute, huh? But I still I always have, thought it was kind yeah. of I always thought it was kind of common agreement that 
that the series peaked with number three. And so it, it, it sort of intrigued me or confused me as to why they didn't go one, two, and three altogether. I, I do really miss three. Like I'll def, I'll definitely say that. I really I felt like there was an emptiness because three wasn't there because I do think three is my favorite as well of those original style games before so. they started breaking off into the more like mini goals and stuff like that. And it seems kind of weird that there's not three in there. Maybe they just didn't want to have that much because three is such a big, bigger game than the other two. But if you yeah. like, if you like one and two, like there's no, I mean, there's really no reason to not get it is, is what I say. But I've been playing that pretty constantly for the past like few days and it's do you know if it has online play like can you play horse online with friends uh, i don't know because you have to have playstation plus to do it and i don't have playstation plus uh, okay so I, I can't tell you but there are uh i know there's like new gaps they've also added new goals for every level so it's not exactly the same as it originally was they've added extra stuff for you to do you know collection stuff and, and gaps and whatnot so yeah and everything looks and everything looks really cool and uh, it's like I, I think you know that one was it like Fire, Power Man was it was it Power Man one thousand or five thousand what was that band name five thousand I think five thousand I always hate zombies brother I always hated that I always hated that band when I was playing Tony Hawk two but I guess maybe like kind of the nostalgia of it I sort of like it now so <laughs> it's been like what was their song again you when know worlds collide. When worlds collide are you ready to go da, 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 da. that song <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It, I kind of hate, and I hated it when it came out, but I kind of like it now. And the legend I, has it that that guy, well, he is Rob Zombie's like brother-in-law or stepbrother or something, and that's why that band got signed. Mm. Well, that's the way the world works, you know. It's mm-hmm. everybody's related to somebody, which sucks for people who are trying to do the actual American way and work hard and get somewhere. But that's a whole nother thing. But uh, yeah, I know it's it's fun. I'm glad that I got it. It's a uh, it's cool. And I wanted to do, I, I didn't tweet, I wanted to make a tweet that's like, having Tony Hawk is so great because now I have all the same songs stuck in my head that I had stuck in my head like 20 years ago, <laughs> you know, because now they're back again. But it's it's good. Like, the old songs are there that are great, but the new songs that I have on there are great too. Like, there's some, I don't know, there's some really great like pop punk shit in there that I just love that's like new but sounds old. It's, it's, it's very much like a good calming uh I don't know. It's it's been a nice experience to me. Just makes just makes me feel good to hear new stuff that feels older, I guess. And the hip hop there, like on there, I said is like on point, big time. Like the hip hop's always been great on Tony Hawk, and it's still there, and that makes me happy because that was how I found out about you know like Bus Driver and like Deltron and all this other shit. Like I feel like that's where I found all the good all the good rap, like good indie rap, was through Tony Hawk. So it's still there. You know, and there's some really good shit that I actually considered buying albums of. So, yeah, I finally finally got into that. But that's what I used. Oh yeah, and I got a green screen also. <laughs> so now you can do floating go. torso. Yeah. Well, I try to. I was trying to. Yeah, it's a. What I realized about getting a green screen is, it's not really the green screen that you need. It's the lights that you need. Because the the hard part is uh, lighting it evenly, and I'm not a lighting person at all. You know, I was a lighting person once for that one movie that John wrote, like way way back when in college. But you need like those giant ring lights, those ones <laughs> that are like three feet in diameter. Which one? Which movie? Pain is Love, man. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah that one. You Remember? did lighting on that. I thought you did sound. I forgot. No, yeah. I did lighting because I didn't do sound. I didn't do sound yet, and I didn't know anything about lights, and I didn't have any access to any lights, so it's just putting up whatever Adam had. So. Yeah, but I mean, I I know you have to use gels for a green screen for lights. Oh uh, well, depending. 
Yeah, <laughs> it, it depends on That's what. That's my extent of lighting knowledge. Yeah, well, I mean, you you were in some, you know, you were in some of my uh, production stuff. You saw the gels mm-hmm. and stuff, I saw which I gels. I think I was using them wrong for for whenever I used them. Oh, then what I know is wrong. I mean, it depends on which the ET nine P one. I definitely used the lights wrong in that one, but whatever, it still came out cool. But yeah, no, uh, I was able to light it with the two ring lights that I have, but I have to put them. I put them on these little like tripod, these like uh, computer. These iPhone tripods, tri, or tripods that I got, I got these little things that hold your phone, and I stuck my ring lights on there. Then I have to put them like right next to the green screen, so the green screen's lit up evenly, mm-hmm. in order to make it completely disappear. It took me, it probably took me like almost an hour to like totally figure it out. It's just, it works. It's just kind of a pain. So that's what I learned from green screens. Have you ever seen the YouTuber Nakey Jakey? No. Oh, he does this green screen thing that I think is really funny. He just does mostly video game based videos, but uh, he's always sitting on like one of those big exercise balls. Yeah. And uh, he's in front of a green screen and then he'll just like be floating around, like sitting on this ball, like while he's talking during different scenes in the video. And then he'll like rotate and fly away sometimes. I don't know. He just, he's just really creative with his green screen stuff. And first thing I saw you were floating torso. I was like, I wish he had, it was sitting on a ball. First, first thing I thought of when you said that was the was the DVD menu that like moves around the TV. Uh-huh. Everybody remembers that. <laughs> it's kind of it really is kind of like that. <laughs> where, it, where it just like goes to the corners, and mm-hmm. sometimes it hit both corners, sometimes it doesn't. Whatever. But yeah, no, that's um, that's my that's my Christmas stuff. So I got uh, a gift from from Trey. I got Super Mario 3D World for the Wii U. Yeah. Nice. Now you yeah, don't have to buy really it on Switch. Now I don't have to buy it on Switch. Yeah, and I can play it on the original system like I usually like to do. And, you know, when I opened up the package, first of all, um, I felt it. It was, I assumed it might be a game because it was from Trey. And then I felt it. I was like, wait, no, this is like a DVD or something. Mm-hmm. I forgot completely that the Wii, Wii U would have, you know, a DVD size package. Yeah. <laughs> so I opened, I opened it up and then it was red. I saw, I didn't want to take it out. I wanted to try and guess like what Wii U game is red. I didn't know. And when I pulled it out, it was Super Mario 3D World. So I don't know. It came in a red box. But mm-hmm. I guess some some were red and some were blue. I think. Um, yeah, I don't know what color mine is. Maybe it was because because it's like a game select. You know, it's not that. That's why I thought about I thought about getting it for a while because you talked about how you wanted to play it on the original system and all that. And I'm like, well. And then I looked it up and I was like, well, shit, it's like twenty dollars used or twenty dollars new, so you can buy it for pretty cheap. So that's why I went for it. And it's totally. And who knows if it. it'll get like delisted or whatever. Yeah. Well, I mean, I bought. Yeah, I was like, right. you can easily get a physical copy off eBay, and boom, that's that's what I did when I went for that one. Yeah, and it came at right at the time as I uh, was starting to play um, Sunshine as well. Yeah. So I had like a whole week of of making up lost time for Mario games. Yeah, it's. It, I'm sure it's very comforting to just just be know that you got that you got a lot of you get a lot of Mario to get in there. You know. Yeah. 3D World is a fantastic game. It is. You know, it's like so relaxing. It's very different from a Mario game. It's just kind of like you can like lay back on the couch and sort of take it easy and just uh, yeah, explore the area. It's more about it's more about exploration, I think, than any other Mario game before. Not that it's a Zelda game or anything like mm-hmm. that, but it invites you to just kind of poke around and have fun with the level at your leisure. Mm-hmm. For sure, yeah. And, and it also, I mean, don't forget, well, I guess there's Super Mario Deluxe. You or no, it wasn't deluxe. The, the new Super Mario Brothers U. 
But this is pretty much the first, like Mario's like first experience in true HD as well. True. So don't forget that. So, I mean, I was just figured you would like, just like, it looks beautiful. It still looks incredibly beautiful. Like the graphics look awesome. Like it just looks, it looks nice. Like it looks really nice. Well, they, modeled, made. The, they modeled Super Nintendo World after this game. So that says something. Oh, okay. And it's better than that uh, direct that they gave, that they did, which we don't have to get into, but <laughs> yeah, no, I, yeah, it was just one of those things. I, it's, I know it's super cheap and I'm like, yeah, I think you, I think you like it. The Super Mario 3D World is great. It's really good. So yeah, I love it. I think I got to the third level so far that all in one day. And one of the moments that stood stood out to me was uh, when you're, you're in an underground portion and it's got the classic underground music. And then there's like this little spot where you can see sort of, Oh, I can go behind this corner over here. It sort of invites you to go behind this corner. Right. So you do. And then you see toad shaking and crying and there's a shadow on the wall of Bowser. Mm. And then you, walk forward and you realize that it's actually a 2d cutout of Bowser from paper Mario. Oh yeah. I thought that was really clever. I forgot they do. They do stuff like that where they kind of play, they kind of play around with you where you, they they expect you to to expect something and then they do something completely different. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They do stuff with shadow and foreground and background and they really make a clever use of the the 3d aspect. Don't forget that game also birthed captain toad. It did, True. yeah, yeah. Captain Toad's first appearance was in there. So, and that's another, yeah. Those games were really fun, the Captain Toad games. And yeah, there's all like this. I mean, you get to fight Bowser in a hot rod in the, in the car level. Oh right, yeah, weird. I got there already. It's it's a lot of fun. I mean, it's fun as a multiplayer game, but it's also really fun as a single player game. So, and if you, I think if you you have to like collect everything and hit the top of the pole, like in every level, you get all these crazy ass hard levels later as bonus stuff if you do all that. So yeah, it made me consider like, you know, if I beat this game in enough time and there's a little bit of time before the switch version comes out, I think it might be fun to actually get it again and do, do it multiplayer. Mm -hmm. Maybe maybe if I, if I have a, you know, steadier financial situation, then everything is calmed down a little bit. I might pick up that uh, switch version as well. Yeah. I don't think it's, it's like not till February still, right? Or is it the next, is it in March? I I thought it was in February doesn't matter. I'm saying it's I don't think it's in January. It's not like super around the corner when they're re-releasing it, but yeah, I know it's a it's a good game. I thought you should play it. But I also got a gift shop card from from Jeremy, so thank you Jeremy for that. And I also bought my one for myself cuz that Amazon sale. And so when Jeremy got the other one on top of that, I was like, "Whoa, I have enough for a full game now." Mm-hmm. Uh, so I just kind of decided to sit on it. I haven't bought anything with it yet. I think I'm going to use it to get Hitman Hitman three when that comes out. Okay. Yeah, I figured. So I'm dude, pretty sure I want to get. Yeah, I figured you'd wait for that whenever that because it's supposed to come out in like a week or two. No, it's uh, coming out. Oh, I had the date down. I forget what it was. Is it? A, it it's pretty soon. I think it's like in a month. But it comes out the same day as the rest of the versions, which I'm pretty surprised and excited about. Well, the the whole online playing it like online probably helps. Yeah. It's uh the twentieth, January twentieth. Yeah, it's not that far away, so I'll I'll hang on to this until then. Mm-hmm. So thank you, Jeremy. And thank you, Trey. No problem. MP. Yeah. So we're gonna take a break, and then we'll come back and talk about our top games of the year. So stay tuned and come back and all that stuff.
Hey, hey you. It's me, Mario. Yeah, you. <laughs> Subscribe to our Patreon to hear our bonus shows, which happen every month. I'm a tired. Tired of all the big corporate podcasts spoon-feeding you the same old video game news on every single show. Ah, spaghetti. Ah, ravioli. Then expand! With Nintendo Main Expansion Pack. It's us talking about old games that were important to us. It's us interviewing people that we meet at conventions. And heck, it's live shows from those same conventions. It's basically everything you could want that Nintendo Main ever made. Here we go! And it's just a buck a month. That's less than a bad indie on the eShop. It's $12 a year, which is less than Nintendo Switch Online. <laughs> Thank you so much for subscribing to our Patreon and supporting Nintendo Main. Just go to patreon.com slash Nintendo Main Podcast and... Hey, Mario, let go! He's throwing us back to the show! So long, gay Bowser! Patreon.com slash Nintendo Main Podcast! Game over! It's the time that everyone has been waiting for, our top 10 games of 2020, right here. In case you didn't hear, 2020 was a hell of a year for everybody. Incredibly difficult one for myself. I was making a list for another, for a Patreon show that we're going to do later, last night, and I was just, I don't know, I was thinking about, like, just thinking about 2020, and it was like, it just reminded me, it was, it was like being depressed all over again. It reminded me of like early 20s depression, but in the year 2020, when I turned 40. That's what 2020 has reminded me of. And like it's, double the, de- the depression 2020. It sucks, yeah. No, it's like all this stuff that I tried so hard to, to get away from just like came back in full force. And just kind of was like, I don't know, just like rubbing its dick in my face and just hate it, <laughs> you know. <laughs> it was it was a horrible time, but thankfully there were video games there to help us get through it. I mean, that was kind of like the one one of the main things, like the video games and this show and editing and whatever else that helped me get through it. And thankfully, there were still yeah. some really good games that came out this year. My nickname, I, I call myself a naysayer, just because looking through my list, I feel like I I don't know. I'm not really going to give the games that you expect to get from a Nintendo podcast for this year. I don't want to say what they aren't but you'll all under- Xbox games you'll understand you'll understand as you see the list no they're not they're not for other systems and I even made I even made a top 5 of stuff that missed the mark for me which we don't even have to get into I think you'll figure it out from our various lists but yeah without further ado let's get into that okay so starting off okay. number 10 for me is Ion Fury for Nintendo Switch. 
it's uh, made by the 3D Realms, the guys who did Duke Nukem. And it looks like Duke Nukem, but it's not sexist this time. And it star and it stars a female. Oh my god. Controversy. Oh, they went completely around. <laughs> I was so <laughs> I was so mad that people were mad about that, that there was a woman in the game. I'm like, what's your fucking problem, dude? Like, I don't know. We have enough we have enough games with guys in them. Like, come on. We have enough everything is about white guys. I'd like I want games about people that aren't white guys. That's everything is about that. It's like, come on, dude. But no, uh, Ion Fury was so much fun. I remember listening to podcasts about the destruction of the world and playing in this like post-apocalyptic reality where everything is destroyed in the game and just like headshotting people with a shotgun. And I actually found some enjoyment from the disaster around us in 2020 and just playing this old new game. You know, it was just cool. It's kind of it's i guess started like sort of a renaissance i mean maybe this is done i'm not saying that this started but i feel like they've been doing it for a while but i love i love games that look like older games but don't play like older games you know and that's exactly what this is it looks like a duke nukem game but it plays much better than duke nukem ever did you know and it's it's fun it's funny you know like the even they had like this the same voice the voice of duke is in it but he plays the bad guy so there's a little like you know a little like easter egg joke in there about that and it's fun. It's a lot of fun. And uh, I had a great time playing it. And last time I booted it up, there was actually new levels. Like, they had added, like, a full new DLC campaign for free. So I was like, that's awesome. So it was, yeah, it was great. I had a, I had this one. I had, I had a lot of games competing for my number 10 slot. And I decided that out of all of them, Iron Fury is the one that I just like to play the most. So that's my number 10. Well, my number 10, like you said, Trey, I was having a hard time putting something in number 10 because there's enough good stuff this year where that's actually a prestigious place to be. And uh, I did it anyway. I had to throw it in there. So number 10 is like a blast from the past or 2016, but reversed Uh-oh. paper Mario. Oh no. Paper Mario. <laughs> wow. Unexpected. I didn't think, I didn't think paper 2020. Mario. What a year. I did not want to put it on the list. In fact, when I was doing my brainstorm list of games, I put it as definitely not on the list it was in the category because i didn't want to get distracted by it but i was going through everything and just kind of like solidifying my list today and i and i decided i have to throw it on there because it occupied a lot of my time and i really did like it for a good chunk of the time i played it yeah i was really expecting you to not have it on your list but then again i'm like well you never know i went through everything like i was really really detail-oriented i I was super like precise about going through everything and, and kind of like looking at the hours I played it versus like how I felt about it. I think it was important to kind of look at did I ever tweet about it? Did I have enough love for the game to have said something about it other than maybe briefly mentioning it on the podcast? So, I should have thought about Paper that. Mario yeah. definitely had me in its clutches for a little while there because it's beautiful. It's a very beautiful game. It's got really, really great music, and and unfortunately, the part that's the worst part of it is the battle. And yeah, it's not as bad as other paper. You know, it's not as bad as Color Splash. So Color Splash having gotten number one in 2016 versus this getting <laughs> ten in 2020 is actually kind of a good thing because there is a lot of stuff that's way better. That's the reason why it's much better than 2016. But also, this is an improvement over the past. You know, the last Paper Mario game. This is better. So they're going in the right direction, at least. That we with, just... with having to do some sort of, like, flip everyone on their head with some new game mechanic every time. 
this new mechanic wasn't that bad, which was the grid or you know the circle. It's turn system. based. Get it? It's mm. the turn. It. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I don't think I need to say a whole lot about this game. I think I've already kind of like given the reasons why I like it. So Paper Mario, you know, I got 40. I've played it for over 40 hours, according to my game history. So it definitely was something to me at some point this year. It was number 10. I, I didn't think that's something I didn't think of uh, thinking about how much how much you tweeted about a specific game. I think everything that's on my list I've tweeted about. But I, but that's a good thing to think about. I didn't even think about that. Like how much how much I've posted whatever video of it, on, you know, on, on the social media. So, well, my number ten sort of surprised me in the same way. Like, or I thought, you know, I'm not gonna put good, but I'm not gonna put this on my on my list. I thought it was too soon. Just came out not that long ago, and I didn't have enough time with it. But I realized that the time that I did have with it, I, I really did enjoy it, and so I put it on there. My number ten is Among Us. Oh wow! Okay, so, yeah, I didn't expect yeah, that. T- Me neither. I just decided in the last like two days or so, and I was thinking about the time that we played it all together, which is still the only time that I've, I've played it. <laughs> um, uh, it was a lot of fun, you know, it, for for its for its faults and hindrances here and there. I think it's a really great party game. It's very simple. It's only five bucks. Easy to understand. Easy to get it into. Um, I, I enjoyed it a lot. Easy to make fun of. <laughs> easy to make fun of. Some yeah. games, I don't know. Something about a game that's easy to make fun of can make it a better game to me. John, you're you're so sus for liking that game. <laughs> there you. I'm I know. Kidding. I know. I, th- I, I want to give it another try for sure. We got to get together and play it again. I thought I thought you I thought you had played it on your own because I saw I saw it showing on the thing that you were playing it. I well, think- I was trying to. So that's my only gripe about it is that matchmaking is terrible. Like, you have to select manually. I don't understand why you have to select manually the game that you want to play. Why not just hit a button and pair me up with somebody? I want to do it random. It's like every other multiplayer game, yeah. Yeah, because they could even have you do, like, you know, only only randomly match me up with these, like, parameters. Because you can change the parameters, but there's really not a whole lot you can change. So be like, I only want to play matches where there's two two suspects or two imposters. And just have that as your standard setting, and then, yeah, randomly be matched up. That would be great. Yeah, just have one for, hey, I don't care, whatever. Put me in whatever game. Yeah, it should have that. Like, if you just want to play and you don't, and nobody else is playing that you know. I, that's what I, that's where I thought it would be fun, actually. I think that would be where the most fun would be, is just jump on by yourself. Like that guy that was playing with our stream, you know, that was just fucking right. around. I'm sure he was having a blast, you know? Yeah, it's fun to go into other people's games and mess them up and all that stuff. Yeah, I feel like that would be fun. Like, that would be what I'd want to do. And I haven't tried it single player yet, but it does, it kind of breaks my heart that it doesn't, you're saying that it doesn't work that well. It's tough. For you to try to get in there. Yeah. My advice, and I think I said it before, would be just hit down a couple of times, then hit A. Hit down a couple. Like, you'll still have to do it a few times, but you're more likely to get into a match if it's not at the very top of the list. Mm Mm-hmm. All right, that was number 10. Moving on, number nine. Number nine for me, Fire Emblem, Shadow Dragon, and the Blade of Light. That's the one that just came out, right? Yes. That was actually one that I figured was going to be number 10, but you know what? I like that game, so I made it a little bit higher. And I've already put, like, I don't know, like almost 15 hours into it, and I'm halfway through it. So I had no I, idea it was that long. Oh, it's long, yeah. It's. I mean, it's. It's. I think it's like a twenty-hour game, at least, if not more. But it's great. I love. I love Fire Emblem games, but I love ga- Fire Emblem games 
when they are done like this, where you can like save state whenever you want. You can rewind to whatever turn you want to. That's what I like, and I really like it. It, the, I guess, one of the one drawbacks is that you do need a guide if you're trying if you're trying to recruit everybody. You can figure it out from going to like every town and every map, but that's really hard to do when you're also trying to get the guide at the same time. So, I recommend looking at a very at a at like a spoiler free guide that shows you like who to get when. But it's great. Yeah, I've had I've had a lot of fun with it. It was really enjoyable. I love playing it. It's a good podcast game. You know, you could put a podcast on or play youtube in the background or whatever because you don't really i like the music but there's only like maybe three songs on the whole soundtrack <laughs> you know there's like actually there, it's there's more than that there's like a regular theme and there's like a you're winning theme and there's a you're losing theme and there's like a town theme and there's a shop theme and there's also like a caravan theme convoy theme but it does kind of get a little annoying after a while if you because you kind of hear the same song a lot so i it's fine to listen to something else but yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. I mean, if you are if you like Fire Emblem at all, I highly recommend it. And I knew it was going to be on my list somewhere. And I, you know, I figured, I always figured it'd be number 10, but I bumped it up a little bit because I've been really enjoying it. So, it's great. Number 9. An NES game, Famicom game, finally released. And uh, also, I wanted to say on my list, for the most part, I tried to steer clear of games that I've already played before that I really enjoyed. You know, like specifically re-releases just because I wanted to go more for new experiences. Obviously, yes, I love Doom 64 and Doom 64 is on Switch now. Sorry, it's not on my list. I played Doom 64. It's it's not on my top 10 because it's not a new experience to me. That's just give everybody a fair warning there. So a lot of games like No More Heroes, whatever, they're not on there because I already played those before, so I don't feel like they deserve to be in the top 10. They're still great games. But I, this, you know, I already played that. I was looking for stuff that I hadn't played before. So even though I do have some re-releases on here, they're actually stuff that's new to me is what I was trying to go for. So if anybody's wondering why other ones that I've talked up so many times aren't on there, that's why. But yeah, I'm good. All right. Well, my number nine once again is a game where there's definitely a point this year when I've been I would have been like, hell no, that's not going to show up on my list. <laughs> but going back through everything, like I said, being very meticulous about that's the word i was looking for earlier being meticulous about uh scouring through my play history and you know all that stuff and looking at release dates um i think i have to put at number nine clubhouse games oh man (laughs) you are you you are nailing that whole list of stuff that i had for doesn't make top 10 (laughs) well i think that you i think you probably played more games than me on the switch this year you probably had a little bit less to have to throw in there like not to say i didn't i only had 10 games this year but i wanted to put in stuff like i said that i was hyped about that you know we've had a whole episode about is important to like we had a whole clubhouse games episode which was i thought was a pretty fun episode um and we played these games online with each other a little bit you know, twenty. I put over twenty hours into this game. Played a lot of Mancala. Played a lot of like chess and uh, what's the game where you eat with the dragons, the hounds and the foxes or whatever. Oh yeah, I don't remember or the hounds and the hares. <laughs> dragons. There, there are just several games that I ended up like really, really enjoying and playing a lot. You know, early on when we first got these, and definitely was hoping for more with all the hype surrounding it. I think it ended up being kind of a disappointing game in the end. I think if if nothing else, because you got you were so excited to play board games in this time, like online, you know, an online board game with several different options just sounded amazing during 
the pandemic when we couldn't hang out with each other. And I think it fell far short of what we were hoping it would be. But that's not to say it's not a good game. I would say definitely try to score it on sale if possible if you're going to get it. But uh, I still think that it was worth noting as one of my top 10 because of the amount of time I played it. And I guess also the universal appeal of it. Sure. Yeah, it was, uh, I, I liked it for what it was, but yeah, it was kind of a disappointment in the long run. And when I was thinking of, I was trying to think of stuff that like just stayed in my memory, you know, while I think about it, I just have like really great experiences from it. And that was one, which I did have good experiences. It's still in the top 20. It's just not. Well, my number nine is a classic real mist masterpiece edition. So I guess I kind of went the opposite of what Trey just was saying, you know. Uh, you, um, yeah, I mean, you can do whatever you want. That's just my <laughs> my list. Yeah, I, I enjoyed this game, and you know, back when it came out in 1994, and um, I enjoyed what little bit of it I did play. I don't think I, I played a whole lot of it. Maybe maybe five hours so far. Didn't get very far in the remake, but I intend to get further and intend to go back at it. Um, it's just like a nice cerebral, thoughtful puzzle game. Kind of you know, sit back and relax. You know, type of experience and i enjoy those and i'm just glad to have a switch again as like a, a system that's going to house everything under the sun eventually hopefully you know all the classics they all belong on switch pc nes playstation i'm hard pressed to to think of a console that has has put more games on it from different different sources and you know here comes mist for for one more to the pile for sure, yeah. It's like a, yeah, like like Baldur's Gate and Neverwinter Nights and all that stuff, like that you would never expect. But here they are. Like it, it'll work on Switch, right? Cool. Well, moving on to number eight. eight. I know this one is going to be in the list later, but Hades first appearance, number eight for me is uh, is Hades. Now I, I was I thought about originally putting this one higher, but. I just I just don't feel like I spent enough time with it as a thing. Not not that it's a bad game. I think it's I think it's done really well. But I just it didn't I it didn't grab me as much as the other stuff in the list did. So that's why it's as low as it is. But that doesn't mean that it's bad. I just this is why uh, we all have our own lists. Yeah, exactly. And I think it's a good game. But I mean, there maybe there's some other games that involve similar things that seem to steal my time more than Hades. But I, I still hope to play through it again it's just it's it is a very very good roguelike i just i don't know roguelites are still roguelites but yeah no it's a it's it has phenomenal voice acting and design and art design and all that stuff and and it's i'm glad it, i'm glad it's on switch and i'm glad people like it and uh it's number eight that's what i have to say about that <laughs> cool number eight for me is one that i thought i definitely needed to be in my top 10 i wasn't sure how to put it in here but just because it made me so happy, I think like that's another thing you have to consider with these games. What kind of joy do they bring you? Would Maria Kondo tell you to keep this game? <laughs> uh, I think she would tell me this game brought me joy, and for many other reasons, just besides it being a fun game. But that's Circuit Dude. Circuit Dude, yeah. Circuit I was hoping- <laughs> Dude, is, I had a, such a huge smile on my face the whole time I was playing that game, and just seeing it announced for the Switch got me so excited because, and we have an interview with the developer, uh, Holmes, uh, He's a gentleman that I've interacted with on multiple, in multiple cases over the years, uh, mainly having to do with the Arty Boy. And the Arty Boy was something I was a lot more obsessed with back when it was new to me. But 
I got really into the to uh, <clears throat> being a part of that community. I even tried to do a little bit of like programming myself, but it, I don't know. Like like many other things, I gave up on it too quick because I like couldn't get the program to work. But um, I guess I probably actually met Holmes in person at the Portland Retro Gaming Convention and didn't know that until he we had him on the show. So that was kind of cool too that he was at that booth and I didn't know it until then. But yeah, so I think a combination of having the developer on the show, the hit, my, my hit personal history with the developer through, you know, interacting with these other communities and just the fact that it's just a really solid game and kind of like makes the switch seem that less, or even Nintendo in general, a little less, not in a bad way, but like less magical because the mystery is a little more gone now seeing like behind the scenes of how Holmes was able to get his game onto the switch and then kind of hearing his like story of how he had to convert it over and everything and from his original source code and how he was able to make that work. I mean, the guy's a brilliant programmer. I'm sure not everyone could have done this, but he was able to, and mostly on his own. And uh, yeah, Circuit Dude's a great game. I highly recommend it. It's another really cheap game on the Switch. Uh, I think what it's five dollars. I think it's five dollars. Yeah, I think it's only. I think it's only four ninety nine. I, and it's perfectly at home on the Switch as a as a uh, a logic puzzle kind of overhead game. Yeah, I thought I thought maybe that game might make your list, Jeremy. Just and I like I like that game a lot too. Like I said, there was, I mean, there was, and you said in the very beginning of the show, but there were a lot of there were a lot of games this year. Like even though it being like a fucked up year, there was still a lot of stuff that was released, and it was kind of a weird. It almost felt like that one, you know, we had that year where there was. You know, the Switch, there's always been, like, there's a year with a bunch of Nintendo stuff, and then there's one with not that much, and then there's one with a mm-hmm. bunch of Nintendo stuff. We're kind of in an off year right now, as far mm-hmm. as first-party stuff mm-hmm. goes. And I was like, well, a lot of the stuff is kind of weird, like, for my list, but I still felt like there was a lot. Like, there was a really lot for me to go through that I really liked. So, I could even do, like, a top 25 if I wanted to. I'm not gonna, but I could, <laughs> you know, go even farther. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, Circuit Dude, for sure, would be on there, you know. So... Yeah, Circuit Dude for number eight. Uh, Not a whole lot more I could say other than what we said on the episode, and it's a pretty simple game. But you know, go back and check out that episode if you haven't, because it's just one of my favorite interviews we've had too, because of the amount of insider knowledge he was able to share with us. And I just thought that was super cool, and even kind of made me feel more like legitimate as a podcast host, getting to hear that behind the scenes stuff. So, hell yeah, to Circuit Dude, check it out. Yeah, the tweeted him and let him know that he's on the list. Yeah. <laughs> Game of the Year stuff. I'm sure he'd enjoy that. Well, on a similar token, my number eight is Jet Lancer. Yeah, that was the, the one. There was another one that we had Yeah, uh, a podcast. Uh, we, on our podcast, our, uh, the developer was on the podcast, and we it was a big surprise. I think, cause that was the fir- I think that was the first one where we actually got a copy, like a review copy of the game, and so it was like, really exciting. And- it had a, had a release, too, so there was like bugs yeah. and stuff in it that was fixed later it was kind of like oh wow okay <laughs> yeah we had an embargo and all that too and it was like not quite done yet so we had to take that with a grain of salt but yeah it was interesting and the best part was the game was actually great like i think all of us were a little bit nervous about you know how do we talk about how we review it like if it's a bad game we didn't have to worry about that at all uh, the game was awesome um it's it was, just like yeah. it reminded me a lot of the old old arcade flying game time pilot which i had on ColecoVision as a kid in that you have a little ship that you can control in all 360 degrees and but it's like that in a modern version where you also have like these really sleek controls and you just feel like you can shoot up in the sky and you can cut the engine and drop and turn on a, a dime and 
shoot in all different directions. It's just very exciting. I think they just mastered the controls. The game, the game feels really, really good. And everybody should give it a, sh- a chance, Jet Lancer. Yeah, and, it, and it's cheap, too. It's not it's not like a $60 game or anything like that. And it, they was, Jet Lancer was one of the ones that I was was battling for number 10 for me like it was i definitely really considered it having it number 10 i just i didn't feel like i it's it's def, it's probably an 11 for sure it's definitely up there like i do really like that game it also had a story which i appreciated very much it could have just been a basic arcade game but they bothered to put a plot in there and everything oh and the bosses i should mention the bosses as well bosses are really cool they're huge and they feel like jeremy said it on on the show they almost feel like like shadow of the colossus or something the scale of the bosses and, and the, the size of the challenge. When you take them down, it's a lot of fun. You get, you get a lot of satisfaction out of that. And you got to break it down in parts sometimes too, right? It's right. not just like one big blinking red thing that you shoot or whatever. Right. And it was also so different. Like it's not you automatically think it's a shoot 'em up, but it's not. It's much different than that. You know, it's. Uh, I don't think there's really a game like that on the Switch as of right now, as far as I know. You know, it felt much different than. A lot of, than what you would think when you when you saw the pictures of it. Cool. All right. Moving on to number seven. Seven. Number seven for me is E's Origin. You knew that would be in there somewhere, and there it is. Number seven. I had a feeling, yeah. Yeah, no, E's Origin was fun. It was, uh, I just thought about it earlier while you were talking about Bloodstained, because E's Origin is pretty much Metroidvania, but with an isometric viewpoint. But it's uh yeah it's it reminds me a lot of old Castlevania games especially specifically like Symphony of the Night because it's you're in a tower you're basically starting off at the bottom and you got to get to the top and you know and you fight monsters and there's giant bosses in between and has really nothing it is really nothing like the other Ease game that I really liked it's really not like Ease Eight at all but it's still a, it's a shit ton of fun and there's extra you know there's two different characters to play as that have different stories and there's also multiple there's like th- a third and a fourth one that you can unlock after you beat the two of that and it was fun it was just one of those things that just like played so well to me it was like uh i would get stuck on a boss and i would just go and gain like one level and then i came back and then i was much better at it i felt like it it had like a grinding aspect but it wasn't like mean about it like i felt like if you if you felt a little overpowered in the boss all you need is like one more level and then you'll feel and then it'll feel just right and it it did really really well with that and it was great and i played it and i played it till i till i beat it you know rolled the credits on that one and it was really cool. It was a lot of fun, like super responsive. And it's like, I mean, it's a re-release from like 2000, but I still think it plays really, really well for now even. You know, it's one of those games that I never never even heard of, and I'm glad that it's on Switch. And of course, it's an Ease game, so it has like a kick-ass soundtrack. Like the, the songs are like really, really good, you know, because Falcom, like every Falcom soundtrack is fucking badass. So yeah, it was a lot, a lot of fun and made it to number seven for me. All right. Well, here's number seven. I'm sure this may show up again later, but uh, my number seven and kind of, I guess what they'd say is, is with a bullet, the proper phrase here where it kind of like came in at the last second, kind of swooped in, pun intended, in the past couple of days was uh, Immortal Phoenix Rising. Oh, there number you go. Seven. <laughs> this game's great. Um, we talked about it a lot in the intro, so I won't go too much into it, but yeah, it's a great game. It's exactly what I need right now, like a kind of you know, a beautiful world to escape in and kind of get lost in and explore and not be too stressed out because this game isn't very stressful so far. Maybe it gets more stressful later, but it just kind of is a very relaxing game so far. And I, and I just like looking at it and enjoy it and just kind of soaking it all in the bright colors and the, the giant open world and the beautiful scenery and 
Sure, yeah, it's been compared a lot to Breath of the Wild, but I think that the actual landscape is a lot different in spite of its similarities. I think just the, the different, when you're looking out over the world and you're seeing like all these giant statues and stuff, it's just, it, it's, it just feels different for that reason. Did you, have you gotten like off the plateau, quote unquote? Have you gotten past the prologue? Yeah. Okay. Because there was even the part where Zeus was like, that was just the prologue? Oh my God. Yeah. It's kind of funny how they do that, but I was like having a really good time with it. And then I got past the prologue and I'm like, oh shit. And I did kind of get frustrated frustrated with it at the beginning just because they don't really tell you where to go. So I'm like, okay, Honestly, cool. Honestly, I am a yeah. little, I feel like I'm yeah. feeling a little bit of that. So full disclosure, I am feeling a little bit of that myself. But I just started like going through and doing the, like going up to the giant list of stuff and doing what those things say. Oh, the, that's probably what I'm supposed to do. The daily challenges? Or, or just are where it's just like a list of things you're supposed to do. Oh, okay. I don't know if that's what I'm supposed to be doing or not, but that's what I've been doing. There's specific like icons on the on the thing that'll say that'll have deal a deal with like specific gods. Like that's what you should be doing. That's that's what the main quest is. Like a, like Aphrodite is the first thing that I did, like her oh. quests. So if you find her, that'd be what I'd suggest. Do I have to randomly doing. find her before I'll start having the icons? It should be marked on. It should be marked on the map already. You should get an icon on the map like right after you get past the prologue. Okay, well I'll, I'll and, check. And I think it's an apple icon. If, if it's yeah. So what? There should be. It's either like blue or yellow. It's yellow if you have it marked already to where it's tracked, so it'll show you where to go. And that's I, I found the similar thing where I'm like, man, I'm really dying a lot, and I feel really under leveled. And then I just kind of started doing the regular stuff. And as soon as oh you, yeah, I've had yeah, that happen once where yeah. I ended up like facing an enemy that just like destroyed me really fast and i'm probably not supposed to be here yet i don't know which i don't know where exactly it is but if you want try to get the bird as quick as you can i don't know if you have the bird yet the bird there's a bird that you have that's like a the pet to you that travels oh, with no, you because the bird is awesome that's well, like see, one, i have the yeah. wings but i don't know okay well yeah you get the wings in the prologue but the, the, once you get the bird, it's really cool. And, it, and it's so awesome because the bird is always with you. So when you're, like, flying through the sky, you can see the bird right next to you flying with you. And the bird will, like, fly around, like, while you're fighting and stuff. You'll be like, oh, yeah, there's my bird. It does, it's not like something that just appears whenever you use it to attack. It's, like, always with you. I thought that was really neat. Kind of like a party member who follows you around. Oh, speaking of which, one cool thing I like about this, and it does this in Breath of the Wild as well, but I like that when you equip new armor, you see it on your character. Oh, yeah. And you can also, and if you don't like the particular armor, you can also change the way it looks without changing the stats, yeah. which is cool. So, and, and another huge thing is when you upgrade, because, you know, you collect stuff, you collect, like, various items that you can upgrade with, so you kind of level up in that way. And uh, if you level up, like, your armor, like, every piece of armor that you have is leveled up. Like, I love that. Like, I love it when games do that. Like, uh, Valkyria Chronicles did that, where, like, you, when you level up a class, everyone who's that class is leveled up. It's so much easier than just, like, trying to level up every single person in your, in your party and all that. Like, I love it. Oh, okay. Yeah, so so when you, so when you, you know, you've, you've found the, the whatever, the god area, where there's, yeah, because you found the list. All there. the upgrade spots, yeah. Yeah. When you, when you go to the, um, to, like, the weapon and armor upgrade, and also, like, yeah, go there and try to focus on doing that. That actually helps a lot as well. But, but yeah, once you once you upgrade your armor, that's every armor that you use, and each oh, one cool. that you find has this own this own special thing that it'll do. Like one may give you like an extra thing of health, or like another one might give you more stamina, or another one might like you know, or you'll refill health like when you get when you do a certain amount of combos and like stuff like that. But you still keep the same defense level 
when you level it up. So it has really, really neat RPG mechanic stuff in there, which I really like. So, yeah, Immortals. I'm glad that you like it. I, I didn't think it I would. Do. I wasn't sure if it would make your list, but I think it's great. Like it actually. I'm like, kind of surprised it made yeah. my list. It really because it came yeah. Because <laughs> I just started playing it so recently, but I've already put about four hours into it. That's what it says. Well, the end game clock says that. So I don't know how much I've really played it because who knows how accurate sure. that is. But I also like that you can create your character. They don't give you a whole lot of options, but I still like that you get a you get some freedom of what your character looks like initially. So I've got like a a green like a green skinned lady with like a mohawk, you know. Yeah, I have a I have a blue skinned lady with uh with purple hair, and she has like a it's like has like the Batman eyes, you know, like mm-hmm. the dark around her eyes. So she's cool. I had fun designing the character. I'm glad that people are coming around to it now that it's on sale. It's it just was not. I did not expect it to be as good as it is. Me neither. But that that's it. Number seven. My number seven is a game that um, I wish I had gotten more time with because I think it would have gotten a lot higher. I suspect that very much. It's Moon. And Moon is the game that uh, came out from from the creators of Chibi Robo. And it was on PlayStation back in 1997 and ported to the Switch this year. 23 years just, later. Yeah. It's just such, such a like quirky, fun, strange little game. And I think the reason I didn't get as into it right away is, well, one came out around, around the time when I had a couple other games that I was playing. And then um, also just the way that it begins... It, is like not the smoothest experience. No, but from not at all. What you guys yeah. say, it's like you get over that hump and then then you're in it. So I've not quite gotten over the the, the first hump of the game, which has a timer on it that basically amounts to about maybe I don't know what would it say like four minutes or something like that. Like it's, it's really probably, really short. Yeah, somewhere around five minutes initially, and then yeah, it goes up pretty quick once you start saving a bunch of souls. Yeah, and you'll fall asleep wherever you're at, and basically that's game over. Um, oh, yeah. So you don't get back to bed in time. Yeah. Right, and you have to have saved. Otherwise, it reverts to your old save, so you lose everything you've done. Which that's what I really sucks, yeah. too. Right. It's kind of perplexing. Like, right in the moment, like, you're, you want to be eased into a game, right? And you want to you want to just have some time to explore and, and poke around a bit, but this game does the opposite for whatever reason. But I trust you guys that it, it gets better after the first, you know, uh, whatever, however long uh, portion of the game. And I've seen enough of it, like the writing, the humor, the graphical style, like it's all very appealing. And it reminds me of one of my all-time favorite games, Chibi Robo. Like, for instance, instead of having your character called Grandma, she's called Gramby, which (laughs) is just like a funny little thing that adds some personality to the game. And there's personality all over the place. I love the way that the characters speak. That also is pretty much exactly like Chibi Robo. Like, you can tell they took some real words and they just kind of mixed them up and garbled them up yeah, to yeah. make them sound weird. It reminds me of, I, I said it before, but it reminds me of the Star Fox talk from uh, the DS game from Star Fox Command. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, it's, 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 it's supposed to be like the Super Nintendo one, but it is actually just a, just jarbled words. And you can make your own, you can actually make the make your voices for the characters too, which is really cool in that game. Oh, that's cool. Reminded me of that. Yeah, you can record yourself and you'll be Star Fox, but all garbled up. I suspect that if I had played maybe like, I don't know, five more hours of this game or whatever, that it would have been 
number three or number two even it it has a but, real it has a real steep learning curve like it's or not learning curve whatever like like you're saying like the whole that's kind of what really killed it for me is that whole like uh stamina meter or whatever you don't even have a meter you know where like you run out of energy and you die and you have to start over wherever you saved last that gets annoying and i guess they they added that because they felt that it needed to be gamified if it was made today they would have that wouldn't be in there you know it would just that wouldn't make, be in there, yeah. they would just let you just go around and do stuff and people would mm-hmm. still love it you know it was uh yeah i don't know that game was <laughs> it's it's something it's i feel like it's age kind of it it wasn't on my list because it was i just I liked it, but it was too point and click, point and clicky for me, I guess. And I realized that I don't really like those games when I played uh, when I played Moon. There's nothing wrong with it. I think it's a fine game. It just wasn't in the top ten for me. See, but, I love those games. Those are some of my favorite experiences growing up, and you know, still to this day. So that's a plus, a plus to me, which is funny because this is purportedly an RPG, like that's making fun of RPGs, right? And See, I'm the opposite. I don't like RPGs, but I love point and click. And you love RPGs, but you don't like point and click. Yeah. So. <laughs> I, I think what I what I realized that I didn't like about it was that it wants me to just like explore every nook and cranny of the game to try to figure out what's next, and that kind of annoys me. Just like wandering around with no purpose in games is just kind of annoying. I want to I want a goal. I want to know where I'm going next because then I because then I get stuck and I get frustrated easy. So it's kind of like I prefer that. You know, I want I want like that point on the map that tells me where to go. Like I don't I don't I don't care if it's like more linear or whatever. That's lets me know like where I'm supposed to go so I don't get lost. You know, like that was my problem with like Wolfenstein too. There's no map on that, so I got lost really easily because I didn't know where to go and everything looks the same. So it's like then it becomes not fun really quickly if it's not, especially when if it's supposed to be like a first person shooter, it's supposed to be action oriented. It's like if you're walking around in circles for an hour, it's like why am I doing this? You know, I could do anything else. So. Whatever, but I'm glad I'm glad that you liked it. Me too. All right, moving on to number six. Number six is, and for for anybody who read who read the uh, article that I did for Super GG Radio, I always change whatever top five I give them. I always change it for our final episode because I don't want it to be the same and I don't want it to be complete spoilers. So you're going to notice some differences in the in the top so where five. Are you, is what which I'm one are you lying on? <laughs> yeah. Well, this this one that I'm saying right now has actually changed from where it was on the original one. So my number six is Billion Road. Billion Road is a weird Mario Party style game that Jess and I have been playing, and it was it just was great. You know, uh, the pandemic. We we all know the pandemic happened. It's still happening. We're stuck at home. Uh, my wife my wife lost her job, and uh, we both you know both pretty much lost our jobs. So we had a lot of time together at home. We were like here like 24 hours a day pretty much. So I needed to find a, we need to find like a good multiplayer game to play. And we played, you know, we played Fortune Street for a long time. That game's really get, really good, but it came out like 10 years ago. But uh maybe not 10, but you know. It came out however long ago. And we were kind of looking for something like that and I forget which episode we did. We did one where there was like a direct, but it wasn't a Nintendo direct obviously. But it was like a Japanese Direct, and they went through all these different games, and there was this game, Billion Road, on there that looked really cool. And I'm like, oh, I should try that. And then when I looked at it, it happened to be on sale as well, and I'm like, shit. So I just ended up buying it on a whim, because I think it's like 40 new or something, and I got it for 20 And it's great. It's basically, it's like Mario Party if there were no mini-games, and it took place in Japan, and it's one giant map. That's basically what it is, which might sound kind of boring, because there's no mini-games, 
but it's fun as hell. Like we've we've had a great time with it. And saying that it only has one map makes it sound boring, but it isn't because it's so gigantic. Like the map is so huge that you cannot traverse the entire thing, even in multiple game sessions. And it's it's cool. It's a uh, it was very comforting for us because it remember reminds us of Japan, like you know, which we were very much missing in this time of you know United States crisis here, where we're just doing everything completely wrong. <laughs> the other countries are doing it better but it was nice to like you know we'll pretend we're in in japan for a couple hours and play this cool this cool uh, board game and and not to mention it's 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 cool it's it's one of those things you guys have to play it whenever you come up here it's 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 cool so you it's supposed to be like a game show and there's a host and he throws a map at the he throws a he throws a dart at a map of Japan, and wherever the dart lands, that's where you need to go. So the idea is for all of you, all four of you, to get to that spot as quick as you can. But in the meantime, you can buy stock from various different restaurants and stuff in different neighborhoods of Japan. So you can go to like, you can go like Shinjuku and uh, Shibuya and like wherever else. You know, they're all in there, and it's like the entire it's the entire country. So and. Whoever you know, whoever gets there first gets a certain amount of money, and you want to whoever makes the most money through the whole thing wins. But whoever's farthest away from the goal when that person gets there gets like an evil, basically gets like an evil partner, like a, an evil monster, like a Pokemon, but one that just destroys you at every turn. And you can also pick up like Pokemon t- style monsters that do different th- effects for you as you go through. And maybe like halfway or third way through the game. There's a kaiju that ends up attacking Japan, and you can use your Pokemon characters that you have to to attack that monster. And depending on where the monster shows up, it can destroy the buildings that you have stock in, making you lose more money. Blah blah blah. As you can tell, it's a super it's super complicated, but pretty pretty easy to get into. And we've put we've put close to like thirty hours into that game, just playing like multiplayer. And we played it multiple times, and it's still fun. You know, it's still one that that we put on. You know, and and just says she likes it better than Mario Party. So you know. It's uh, it's it's good. It's one of those that like super blew under the radar, and I don't think anybody talks about it. And uh, I think it's great. I think it's a lot of fun. It's a, uh, it's it, and like the designs of the designs of the monsters are really cool, and they have these cool little like cutscenes that they do for like every event, you know, because it's it basically follows a year. So there'll be events that happen for like Valentine's Day and White Day, and and like um the and like the Cherry Blossom Festival, and like all this other shit that's just Japan only and. And you know you'll you'll do different things, and there's New Year's that you get you get stuff for, and yeah, it's just been a fun game that we just keep playing, and it's I knew I was going to have it high on my list because it's just been, you know, it's one it's like you know it's like Goldeneye, it's just one you keep in your keep in your system and be ready for multiplayer. We just jump right into that. So I get tripped up with the title. I feel like it should be called Billions Road, plural. Yeah, Billion Road is weird. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of weird. I don't know. Yeah, the title doesn't bother me. I, the title has uh, you don't even have to think about the title while you're playing the game. It's all about just <laughs> getting your money, you know. All I can think about the whole time I'm playing is the title is wrong. How dare they? I'll write an S on it on the TV. But yeah, that's my number six. All right, my number six has been mentioned already, but that's going to be the case with several of these games, I think, because objectively we know what games are good, and this one is Jet Lancer. Oh, there, there it is. Six. Mm-hmm. I have over five hours on the Switch, and then I don't know how long I played it, because as John said, we got an advanced copy of it, which was awesome. Thank you so much for providing us with that. I got the Steam copy, the Steam code, originally, because I think we only got two copies of the Switch and then one Steam. So I took the Steam one. I was fine doing that because I have my gaming PC hooked up in my office where I play 
video games anyway. So that's the way I played it at first. And then after playing it for a little while, I was like, I want it on the Switch. At the time, you could still travel a little bit. Well, no. I guess not. This came out in May, so we were already pretty much completely locked down at that point. But um, Yeah, we weren't going anywhere. I wanted anywhere. it to be normal for the future. So I ended up buying it on the Switch. So I did. I still ended up paying for it, but yeah, I've got several hours on it. Uh, one thing I thought was worth noting, and I just saw news of this yesterday from Ryan, who was on our show, Ryan Lally. Him and Vladimir is the, the fellow who actually made the game Vladimir Fedeyushkin. They're awesome guests. I really liked having them on the show. And, uh, you know, just hearing that inside baseball about how those games came to be. But I guess on Metacritic, as of yesterday, Jet Lancer was the 43rd best Switch game of 2020. Oh, nice. So it cracked the top 50. I think that's pretty cool. I say 43 Um, seems so low. (laughs) It does, but there's a lot of re-releases that are on there too, I guess. Consider like Mega Man and Sonic and Mario stuff, I think. They felt like it might have. I'm just going by this article, this uh, this tweet here. Sure. I mean, there are a lot. There are a lot of games that they still were able to release a lot, a lot of games this year. And so. Stuff that are that are on that list. So, um, yeah, hell yeah to Jet Lancer being on there. Uh, and you got Ryan Lowey for for coming on the show and being a really cool guest. And um, I, I want to go back to that game because I thought for sure I was going to like keep playing that until I beat it, but got distracted for whatever reason. I think the game got you know. The, the difficulty kind of ramps up at like about halfway through it. I think I'm about the halfway point through the game. But but since then, there's also been some new modes and new uh, updates that I haven't really tried, but they continue they continued to support this game after it came out, so I thought that was pretty cool too. But I'm happy to put this on my top 10 list because it definitely earned the place for the amount of time I put into it and just, as John was saying, just being such a unique game, like you know, an old school game that plays in a more modern way and it's very rewarding because it's so difficult that when you actually get through a level you feel pretty good about it. Right. Just fun to control. Yeah. It's very satisfying to play it the instant you pick it up. Yeah, how often are you playing a shoot 'em up and you're just like enjoying the way your plane moves, like more than almost anything else, but that really is how this game is. It's it there's just this part of your brain that's activated where you're strategizing this weird spirally shape you're going to fly in to perfectly get rid of all these enemies and hit these, you know, shoot missiles at certain ones and then focus on who's shooting you at you from the ground, like the big tanks and stuff. It's fun to drop bombs on those at the same time. And you just kind of get into like a little Zen as you're playing it when you're just like really, really in the game, in the zone, in the jet Lancer zone. <laughs> number six for me was jet Lancer. My number six was I'm invoking the demo rule. Sure. Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity demo. Got I didn't it. get to actually play the whole game, but I did enjoy the demo. I played it all the way through, and it made me want the game. I'm going to get it eventually. Have you, um, had, you have the money to get it now. You do. Yeah, you I do, it. but but I've got the eShop money. I would rather get a physical version since it's a first-party game. Uh, you also, so, ha- you also have, the I, money, you have the money to get that, too. <laughs> I do. GameStop. I do, but I also don't want to go to a retail store right now. So I'm going to wait till things are a little bit clear, more in the clear. Maybe, no, who knows, maybe it'll be on GameStop sale GameStop might not be there much longer, man. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, well, I mean, they'll deliver it to you. It might take a month, but you can ask if they'll just send it to you. I say, I think you should give them a call and see if the, if they can deliver it. I'm also not really hurting for, like, a game to play right now. Maybe in a couple months when, you know, I'm feeling like, oh, I don't have anything to play. I'll swing by GameStop. It's only two blocks away. But 
the demo calamity age of calamity was very satisfying and it it, it feels like you know a zelda game which is the best thing i could probably say about this game nice and that's a and that's a great segue into into my next one for number five. Is I'm sure you know what it is, Jeremy. Immortals: Phoenix Rising made made it, made it into the top five of my top ten because I've put like thirty hours into that game already, and it was just I don't know, it just felt like so natural. It was just so much fun. I couldn't put it down. It was one of those things. I was like, I like this game. I can just play this game. And it's and even doing stupid stuff, just like just going around collecting uh, ambrosia or like or just finding those mini dungeons and take getting like the the Zeus uh, lightning bolts and stuff like that. It's just been or like or defeating bosses when you get strong enough to do that. That's really fun too. Like it's it's just fun. It's just fun to run around and and it does the thing that you know it really didn't bother me that much, but bothered a lot of other people. Uh, the weapons don't break ever, <laughs> so. You have that, and it's also just like, um, you know, you just have like the sword and the hammer, but you can get different versions of those, you know, as you go. But yeah, Mortals Phoenix Rising was just kind of something that came out of nowhere, and I didn't really, I don't know, I didn't really think anything of it because I kind of already threw it under the bus because of Ubisoft or whatever. But yeah, it just really surprised me. I was like, wow, I did not expect this game to be as good as it is. I know. It's I remember there being a lot of hype. There was a lot of hype for it at the beginning. People were like, oh, this game looks amazing months and months ago, maybe even over a year ago. Well, because wasn't then, it originally called like Gods and Monsters? Or it had a yes. working title. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because it's yeah, actually, yeah. this confused me because when I ordered it from Amazon, and actually, you know, it's a physical game. I bought a physical game. What? I bought it because it, it was thirty nine ninety nine on Amazon wow. and anywhere else. But when I got it in the mail, it was thirty nine ninety nine on the eShop. So I'm like, oh, well, it's... Whatever, I got a physical game. It's cool because because you don't have to install anything from it. It's an actual physical game. I think it I think it did like a two two gig upgrade, but it's not like something that's not. If if I didn't if I wasn't connected to the internet, I could still play it. Is what I'm saying. But uh, but yeah, I got a physical version of it, and it was just it just really grew on me really quickly. I was like, wow, this game is actually a lot better than I thought. And yeah, it's it's just fun. It's just fun to run I around. I feel like I feel like sort of the negative expectations came in when people realized like. Oh, this is it, it seems a lot like Breath of the Wild. Like what? that initial hype of it being like, oh, this is cool, gods and monsters looks really cool. It kind of died down when people saw like, oh, they th- they think maybe it's a, a, a knockoff or something. Well, I mean, and it was all seems yeah. it seems unwarranted. Well, that, and that's what I'm saying is it is, but it isn't. Like, yeah, yeah, the the bones are in there. Like the the basic outline of Breath of the Wild is in there. Yeah, and but it's but it feels so different to me. I don't know because it's just. Because the what you do in it and the way the like combat works and like the RPG elements like are stuff that wasn't in Breath of the Wild, so it feels like a completely different different game to me. Even though, yeah, if you break it down, obviously it has the same stuff in there. But what you know, but what doesn't have the same? You know, there are games that have the same stuff as like Zelda, but it doesn't feel like the same thing. You know, I don't know. It doesn't if feel. Anything, yeah, yeah, if anything, that the, the it's a Breath of the Wild type game. Just like you've got all these games that are like Minecraft now. Sure. Yeah. Kind of the same thing where you just got to kind of accept that that was such a landmark release. Breath of the Wild was that you're going to have games that are directly in that style because that's just that's a new style of game now. Yeah, but I mean, but I'm glad that it is in that style because I feel like they do it really well. You know, it's like the it's like the Sonic and Sega All Star Racing of Breath of the Wild games. I mean, not to mention how much. Did, how much does mythology ha- have like an influence on Zelda? You know, and so this sure. game is 
based in Greek mythology, which fits perfectly for that kind of a open world, really like beautiful landscape kind of scenario. And the, the voiceover is really cool too. Like I like, it kind of like narrates what you're doing as the conversation between, uh, what is it? Zeus and Prometheus. Yeah. And Prometheus. And they just keep kind of talking back and forth as you're playing the game. So, and they make little remarks about whatever you, or like, you'll say something and they'll be like, Oh, why did you say that? Or like they'll comment on what you're doing. And it, it's funny. Like it's, Zeus I like, is like a complete idiot kind of. Like yeah. <laughs> yeah. And there's and Prometheus a, is always putting him in his place. And there's a one, there's a part where they actually go like, instead of doing like what some other games did, they were actually pro trans. They have some pro trans stuff in there, which I really appreciate that. Uh, there's like a part where they're talking about like, uh, I don't know if it's Aphrodite's has a kid or something. And one of them says, Oh, was it a, what, you know, was it a boy or a girl? And the guy, and, and Zeus is like, Oh no, it's a, it's like they were, they were non-binary. And I'm like, what? That's in this game. I'm like, that's, that's awesome. You know, aside because you hear about all this terrible stuff happening with like uh, with cyberpunk and like all the, the racism and like the transphobia and all that stuff in that game. Yeah, it's fetishization. Just, it's just nice to see something like this that I hadn't really heard much about, just being on the being on the other side and actually being like respectful about it and all that. I don't know. I appreciate it. I think one of the reasons Phoenix kind of had some like some kind of a poison is maybe like a poisonous cloud surrounding it. It's just cause there's been a lot of controversy with Ubisoft this year. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, sure. Uh, even like the main guy, uh, Michael Ansel left the company supposedly to start a farm or something like that. Or, well, no, it's like a wildlife sanctuary that he's waiting to like start. But I guess there was a bunch of allegations against him, like harassment and allegations and stuff that were starting to come out. And so he kind of just skedaddled before any of that really blew up. Um, so there's just a lot of controversy within that company. Of course, also they've, they've been accused of like burning out their developers and yeah. work too much. Yeah. And, crunch and all that stuff, which yeah. cyberpunk so, is guilty of that as well, but it's, Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So Phoenix kind of, like I said, had like some, some negative stuff preceding it. And I think now that it's actually out and we can look at it objectively for what it is, you know, I think the people who made it should be proud, all the developers and, 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 and the programmers and stuff should be proud of what they were able to make and the fact that it is a, a true multi-platform game that's playable and all and all, and all the different versions and um yeah one thing about the gods and monsters thing when i was trying to order it i got confused because amazon actually had it listed under gods and monsters so i had to like keep double checking it to make sure i had the right thing so and i was like but it says immortals right there and i'm like but what else would they send me i don't know i was just really confused about those two titles and it actually shows both of them on there when you when you look it up. So I'm like, oh, what, whatever, okay. And I thought maybe it was going to be like a different, I don't know, like a Japanese copy or something, or like I don't know, Starwing versus Star Fox, or no, it's Lilat Wars. Yeah, it was something like that. I was like, what? Okay, so I was kind of confused about it on that, but it ended up being really nice when I finally got it. And this is number five, yeah, made it into the top five. Originally, I was like, oh, I could put it at number ten, and then I just like the more I thought about it, and the more I played it, and the more I liked it, I was like, you know what? I mean, it's, I got to put it higher and it made it, it, it knocked Hades down on the list because I actually like it more than Hades, but I think it's just because of the game style. I think I just enjoy the breath of the wild style game more than I do a roguelike game. This is my thing with that, but yeah, it's, it's great. And I highly recommend it to anybody who's on the fence about it and it's on sale. I'm glad that it went on sale. Cause it feels like everybody's playing it now and they're like, Hey shit, you know, this game's great. Like I had no idea, you know, and now 
people are actually coming around to it and they're getting like what they deserve as making a good game. And as far as like all of the Breath of the Wild inspired games, it's definitely the best one. Like it looks way better than that was a Logos game or like Genshin Impact or any of those. Like it, it looks, it's the best one that I've seen, you know, and, it, and like Jeremy was saying, it plays great, plays great uh, multi-platform, you know, and yeah, it's awesome. Cool. Well, yeah, we're in the, we're broken the top five. I thought this was, it wasn't really a stretch. Okay. So I'll preclude this by saying I bought this on a different platform, but given the nature of the games and also that it's also available on switch, it was merely a cost reason why that I chose the, PC version of this, but Jackbox Seven and in and and in all encompassing really Jackbox games, but they didn't all come out this year. Seven sure. specifically came out this year, so I thought that was a good in for. I'll allow it. I purchased that yep. game. I've played this game. Jackbox games have been incredible during this period of time. Um, yeah, I play them with both of you. All of our, you know, we've gotten friends and partners to play too, and we've been able to. Separately, I've played these games with so many. I mean, I've lost count with how many friends I've played this with through different meetings that Sean and I have done online, you know, with our friends just meeting up to, to talk because we can't hang out anymore. And, and this will be kind of what we're doing in the background while we're hanging out. Yeah, Jackbox games are, are incredible right now. I mean, I love the fact, you know, anybody who's anybody knows these games, but I still might as well cover it. Like, anyone with a phone can play this game. So that's all you need is your phone. And you don't, yeah. You don't even have to be in the same state. Nope. And so, yeah. even though like you can get it on the Switch or the PC, it's a, it doesn't matter how you're hosting it because it's all played with the phone. Yeah. After, after the fact, so that's why I was like, well, I didn't buy seven on the Switch. I bought it on the PC, but it's on the Switch, and I do yes. own other Jackbox games on the Switch that we've been cycling through and playing. So, ultimately, I've ended up buying three full Jackbox games, and then I have Druffle one of the drawfuls yeah and i might have one of the no i think that's all that's all so i've got four of them now and that all kind of happened really fast once i realized how great it is to have these games on deck when you're going to have an online meeting with people it's good to have something you can do like we had these all queued up we did a festivus zoom party Mm -hmm. this past week and we had it all queued up to do but we ended up just having too much fun just talking to each other we didn't have to pull out the games but I had that all queued up and ready to go. But they're there. Extra yeah. screen open, and and we ended up. I ended up using my extra screen as to show like a drawing of beer cans being stacked on each other. It was a virtual. The Festivus poll. Wizard staff poll that we were making, yeah, sure for the Festivus thing. But yeah, that was a lot of fun uh, on its own. Um, yeah, I, f- I figured yeah. I figured Jackbox would be in there somewhere for you. Jackbox uh, has to be in there. It, yeah. it probably wouldn't be because I probably would have cared that much about it otherwise. Like. I like playing online games with my friends, but there's other stuff that I'd rather play. But now that I know what Jackbox is and how easy it is to play it, and literally anyone could play it, and you don't need sound. Sound's usually right. not necessary. As long as you can talk to each other and see your phones, then you're going to have a good time with it. It's so appealing, too, to anybody who's basically got a phone. If you use a phone, you can play this game. Yeah, mm-hmm. I played it with my parents, who are not gamers by any stretch, and they're 68, and I'm they sure. enjoyed it. <laughs> I'm I think sure. another cool thing about the Jackbox, and I just kind of thought of this, but we often get distracted by our phones. So now it's on, it's on your phone. Your phone is the game. Yeah, you have right, to play. Yeah. Then you're engaged yep. with each other while you're staring at your phone at the same time. That that was something that I miss. Uh, I feel like we kind of killed it because we had to start working. But 
we used to play Jackbox with Kevin every Friday, like with with I play games Kevin, and that was so much fun. And we play with Missy and her and her boyfriend, and we you know he did like this whole like we did like a couples night competition and all this stuff. And Jess and I we were playing it like weekly with other with people that we haven't seen, and I, it wasn't I didn't think about putting it on my list, but Jackbox definitely won twenty twenty is what I'm saying, and, and yeah. you know it's it, it really it, it proved like how relevant it is, especially now. When everyone's stuck at home, it's just it's such an easy way for you to play with anybody, you know. And last New Year's Eve, you know, my my nieces wanted to. I thought it was so weird that they just wanted to hang out with Jess and I. For I'm like, don't you want to like go to a party or something? And they're like, no, we want to hang out with you. And we just played Jackbox Party Four with like with my sister and, and her and, and her kids, and yeah, that's that's what we did, and it was fun, <laughs> and, and it was so much fun, you know. We just whatever, just had drinks and, and played Jackbox. I haven't actually played with my with my parents because it would be interesting because I don't know you know they've had their 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 brains have been soiled by uh by corporate media and all that but because in most of my and most of my answers are are anti-establishment and all that stuff so it'd be it'd be interesting it, it's hard to like it's hard to read the room on that you know when you're trying to especially something for like for like surviving the internet or quiplash or something like that it's hard to mm-hmm. You know, it's 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 best to do it with people that have your own sense of humor. So I feel I find that it's being like harder. Cards against humanity in that regard. Yeah. yeah well, well I mean, like... I played that. I played that game with my sister and mom, and that was really weird. But I don't like that game anyway. Like the the cards are fucking stupid. Like some of them are just way too vulgar. It's like why? Like why is that's not even funny? Like I don't know. Some of them was just way too much. I'm like, why is I'm like, why are you playing this? It's talking about it like, had its place in time. I it's talking about it's coming on stuff. stuff. Like I'm playing this with my nieces, and it's like, <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, this isn't even funny. Like this, I don't know. Like I don't know. Even like as a sex joke, it doesn't make any sense. But yeah, that's I don't know. It's it's all about having the same sense of humor as the people that you play with. That's when I think it's the most fun. But, but yeah, well, those definitely don't awesome. let it give default answers because the Jackbox default answers are not funny. Oh yeah, so definitely be creative and come up with your own answer. Yeah, don't have it live for you for whatever. Like, yeah, don't do that. That's the easy way out. You got to make your own thing. So, yeah, no, I second. Jackbox is great. I'm with you on that. My number five is also number thirty-five. Super Mario thirty-five. That's one I thought might be in there too from you guys. I totally forgot about that game. Oh well, I forgot about it too. It was well, <laughs> it was one. I mean, I, I remembered it. It's on my list of games that didn't make the list for me. And it's not that it's bad, it's just, it's no Tetris 99, man. It's, it just got boring really quickly for me. But I mean, it's good. I'm not saying it's bad, it's great. It just didn't work, just didn't make it to my 10. Why do you like well, it? I enjoyed it because, well, because I, you know, I play Mario Maker multiplayer, you know, every day pretty much. And it, it was just like, it felt like that, but something new, like a new spin on it. So I feel like I got a little bit of a fresh take on something that I like. A lot, um, and also like just to think of how the, how they how they managed to make Super Mario Brothers interesting in a whole new way again. Like that was totally unexpected. They just made a whole new concept out of something that we've all been playing for thirty five years. Yeah, so I commend them for that. Yeah, no, it's uh, it was a really cool surprise to come out of that whole uh, thirty five direct, like the only Nintendo direct we really got like officially this year. But it was just a really cool thing, and it, and it inspired me. I like, I want thirty-five of everything. You know, give me like WarioWare thirty-five or Rhythm Heaven. 35. I want Doctor Mario thirty-five. Yeah, that's one. That's that's, the next logical step, I think. Yeah, they really need to do that. They need an online Doctor Mario game. Aside from there's the NES one, but you need like a new one that actually, you know, where you can play. And maybe they're working on that. You know, that would be. When's the anniversary of that one coming up? You know, 
Oh, I think that was 1990. Yeah. Right. So I guess yep. it was. Yeah. Whatever. I mean, I, I, I mean, they made one for Wii and and Wii U, and Wii, and Wii U. The, uh, so yeah. Top loader NES, right? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, we we got four more, but I think we can power through it. Moving on to number four. This one, I only played it one time, but my time that I played it was so magical that I have to put it in in here fairly high. And that game is A Short Hike for Switch, which came out during one of those directs. And fuck, it's so much fun to play. Like, I I just loved every moment with Short Hike. And and even after I played it, I was like, this game's on my top 10 list 100%. It's so much fun to play. Like, I cared for every character in the game. I played it much longer after I beat the game. Like I beat the game in like two hours, but then I kept playing for another like for another like ten hours because I was going around trying to find all the fish and like finish all of the quests with all the characters. And I loved it. It it, it had this, uh, you know, it had like this DS nostalgia for me almost because it kind of felt like uh, felt like Phantom Hourglass, you know, like with the way it looked like a DS game, didn't it? Yeah, no, the gra- I loved it. I loved it. Like because I'm a huge fan of uh, low poly graphics, you know. But low poly like DS looking graphics just like hit the right note for me. Like that's exactly what I wanted, but didn't know that I want. You know, it was, I think that's the first time I've ever seen a game. Yeah, I was like, this looks like it was on the DS. Yeah, it's it's not cool. The sixty four, not the PlayStation. Yeah. It's just got that very specific DS three D look to it. Yeah, and it, it was just so. I felt like it was just put together so well. It's like okay, you have to. Get, it's you know you have to get to the top of the mountain, but there's all this other stuff that's going to happen on the way there. And you're going to meet people that like need things, and you might want to come back to them later and give them whatever whatever they need, and then they'll give you another thing, and then it just keeps going and going and going from there. And I loved it. It's just so much fun. And I, you know, recorded all sorts of videos on that, which I forgot. One thing I wanted to say is the ultimate downfall of Immortals, and this pisses me off so much, mm-hmm. is that you cannot record videos on it. Nope. Ugh, it That's kills stupid. me. That was the main thing where I'm like, that, that just angers me about the game. I love the game so much, but. I'm like, why can't I record anything? <laughs> that's, that's, that's what that's what just killed me about it. It's an awesome game. It is game, frustrating from game yeah. to game to not have that be consistent. And, and not it, just every game. And it feels so bad because that game is so pretty and I just want to record so many stuff of it and I just can't. I can only take pictures mm-hmm. and it's like, why? But yeah. No, Short Hike, number three. Yeah, I love that game. It was so much fun to play. It was cheap too, number but four. it just... It just kept, it just stayed with me, you know, like I just kept thinking about how great it was and how pretty it is. And and I've seen it on some other people's list too. But right after I played it, I was like, this game, this is the perfect game. Like there's not anything I could think of wrong with it. You know, I felt like, aside from the camera angle can be kind of weird, but it wasn't game breaking yeah. in any way, you know, but I really loved That's it. That's another game I kind of forgot about because I played through it so quickly. It, it just, it kept with me because I just liked it so much. But that's my number four. It's a beautiful game. I agree with you. It's very relaxing. Well, my number four, I think by now you guys aren't going to be very surprised with anything that's in my top four. <laughs> These are all games that I've talked about a lot on multiple occasions. So going to the obvious one here, a game that I really hope to get back into. I feel kind of bad I've fallen off on it, but these things happen. You only have so many hours in a day to play games, and when there's this many good games, sometimes things get left in the, by the wayside for a bit. But that's Sakuna. Oh, yeah. Which I was way more into at first, and then just like i said got distracted by all this other stuff that's been coming out lately and of course getting that huge windfall of eShop credit all those extra games i ended up getting as a result just kind of buried it underneath the pile of new stuff but i still think that's one of the best games of the year um i think it's one of the best indie games i've played in a really long time 
between the music and the art design and the gameplay and the characters and the, and the story, how the story, you know, is, is revealed slowly. And just the fact that the farming aspect of it is so integral to the storyline is really cool because, you know, short of like a, a Stardew Valley or a Harvest Moon or something like that, I guess even like a Rune Factory, you don't really get to where the farming is is necessary for the story. Like, you have to farm in this game. You have to grow the rice. You have to learn all these these uh, super detailed steps of how to grow and fertilize and and prune and everything else with the rice and all the way down to, to uh, polishing it with a mortar and pestle to the amount of hole you want left on it, you know? It's just a super detailed, oriented game about rice, and then the rice represents your the goddess that you play as. She's like a demigod, and the rice controls her stats directly by how well you grow it, so... Not gonna lay a whole lot of extra info on about this game, I and mean, we've got a whole episode about Sakuna. If you want to go back and hear me talk about it, and then probably the next two or three episodes after that, I kept bringing it up. But um, it's definitely left an impression on me, and I think it's one of the best games of the year. I gave it number four, Sakuna of Rice and Ruin. Yeah, I, for- I forgot about that one, but yeah, you you were really hot on that one when it when it came out. I played it. Uh, it says I played it for about fifteen hours, which doesn't seem right i feel like i played more but i think the gameplay is so intense and meticulous that maybe it just felt like more because i mean really like it could be described as tedious if you if you don't look at it the right way like the rice can either be a really relaxing kind of see the beauty and learning how to do all this stuff with the rice or you could also be like oh this sucks i don't want to keep pressing this button over and over again (laughs) luckily i've been able to enjoy that part of the game because the more the better you do with raising it your rice the longer those steps take, but why is it taking so long? You know, it's just like in Stardew Valley. Why is it taking me so long to water all my plants? Well, that's because I've got a huge farm now. So that's the good sign. Of course. So if you're looking for something with fun action elements and farming elements, look no further than Sakuna of Rice and Red. My number four is also number four in the series. Streets Raid 4. There it I is. I love that game. I yes. Knew, I knew that You were looking for it. That, yeah. That was I had the- to put it up there pretty high. That was the other one that was in the competition for number 10 on my list with Streets of Rage 4. which I, I just did. felt like the action is so satisfying and the controls are so satisfying in that game. It really feels like, for a beat-em-up, it feels like really hard-hitting and, and just, I, I, don't, I can't imagine better controls for a beat-em-up. There's other things about the game which, you know, you know pluses, minuses, whatever, but it just feels right to play it. I love the sounds. Uh, like it really feels like you're, I don't know, you're Rocky hitting the big pack of meat or something, whatever at the, the meat plant. <laughs> it's really impactful. Um, specifically, the character Cherry is really fun to play. The the teenage girl with the guitar. The only one that She's can run. So, <laughs> the only one that can run. Yeah, Which sounds yeah. Weird. That's a big yeah. plus. But she's just so nimble, and she can jump from person to person, and you can really string together a lot of combos with her. And, and, um, I feel like you know some combos were like going on for like a minute or two minutes, so you can really string together some some impressive combos in that game. The visuals came together for me. I was concerned about the visuals at first. I thought they were a little bit too Saturday morning cartoon. I wanted them to be dirtied up a little bit. Um, they didn't go quite in the direction that I wanted, but. Overall, it was just a beautiful, satisfying game to look at, and it, it will turn your head if you're like walking into the room. Uh, it's it's 
impressive visually. Um, I think as far as like multiplayer, multiplayer was fun. Uh, a few times that Trey and I jumped on there together and got to play the game when it when it worked. It was and you can, and it was the only one to have like, well, maybe the first one where you could like interrupt, and send a message to somebody, and have them join the game when they're not in the game, which is also really cool. Mm-hmm. You, yeah, you remember that? So. Oh yeah, yeah, I forgot all about that. Yeah, you could yeah, actually you can send the invite in game. Yeah, but you needs could, to be more common thing. But you could send it to a person if they're not playing the game. Like you can actually right. So you can send me a message through the system that says, "Hey, play Streets of Rage." And I just click on it, and it takes me into the game, and then we're, you know, it's that should be on every game, really. So. The way it should be, yeah, yeah. So that's a big thing. Well, let's move on. I think we can. I think we can do this. My number three is Project Warlock, which I felt kind of weird putting two old school first person shooters in my top ten. But you know what? Fuck it. They're both really great. So whatever. But uh, yeah, Project Warlock is probably one of the best like old school first person shooters I've played in a long time. That's why I have it so high. Um, I actually uh, talked with, briefly talked with one of the creators on Twitter, on Twitter about it and hopefully we'll have him on the show in the future. He said that there was something coming up soon that they were going to announce so they wanted to wait till then. So I'm really excited to see what they're doing. But no, this game is awesome. Like it looks kind of like Wolfenstein, Doom, like those old games. But it was like, let's take that style and let's just like turn it up to 11. Like I feel like they did so much to like make it make it to like set it apart from every other like old school looking first person shooter than you see on the switch like number one there's a different song for every single fucking level in the game which is awesome so there's like 30 different songs or 50 songs or how many there's like, i think there's like 50 or 60 levels like there's a lot of levels so there's a different song for every level um for every level set the icons are different which that's a main thing as well so like what looks like health in like this in like the desert levels is going to look different in the ice levels or look different in the hell level or whatever which is cool like so they have different icons for everything depending on where you are also all of the bad guys are different depending on where you are like they, they don't use like the same guy through the whole game it's just like they just put so much heart into this game like that's you could tell that they were that they love the genre and it was just like it's just great it's just like so good and the sprite the sprite animation is like some of the best sprite animation I've ever seen and like I was talking before about like being lost in games and not knowing where to go, I feel like feel like the most genius thing they ever did was doors that don't ever close. Like if you open a door, it stays open, so you know where you've been. Like you always know where you've been, so you never get lost. Like it's like brilliant. And they do these really really cool designs where the, where the levels kind of loop around on themselves, where you end up where like you'll open a door and you end up in the place that you need to be, to, and you just got the key to open the next thing. I felt like it was just like designed really, really well. Like obviously by a major, you know, old school first person shooter nerd, and it's awesome. Like I just I bought I bought the soundtrack. Actually, I was looking through all my games, and I think I bought the soundtrack of like eighty percent of the games that are on my top ten. Like I bought the soundtrack to Short Hike. I bought the soundtrack to to Ion Fury. Um, I have you know I downloaded the soundtracks to Hades, Fire Emblem, Ease Origin. The, pretty much all of them I have soundtracks of because the music's so incredible. But yeah, this game just blew me out of the water. I think I spent a good like 20 some hours on it. I tweeted it many times. I, I streamed it a bunch of times. Like it was, it's great. Oh yeah. And there's like parts to the bosses also kind of reminds me of uh final fantasy. Which the one What's the one Jeremy that you like mystic quest mystic quest. Just because, you know, in the animations, when the characters, like, fall apart when you fight them, that's kind of how this one 
goes where some of the bad guys have parts to them depending on how you kill them they'll have a second form and then when you get to the bosses they have like three or four forms which is so cool like i felt like it was just oh yeah and, and don't forget there's rpg elements as well you get you get experience points you can upgrade all of your guns there's like two different ways you can upgrade your guns so you can go through a second time and have a completely different set of guns if you want to like i did and there's like really difficult levels if you want to play it on a higher difficulty where where when you die you have to start all over again kind of like a rogue. There's just like so much shit in here if you're if you're a first person shooter fan, I highly highly recommend it. It's great and I had a blast playing it. So, that's my number Fun 3. Intended. Yeah. <laughs> blast blasted a lot of stuff. It's just cool. It's just done I think it would be fair so to well. say you're a fan yeah. of old school style shooter games. I am. I had no idea that I was until now, but yeah, yeah no, I, I learned something new about you on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've been a fan since I first got a computer in high school and friends of mine just bought me, brought me like a big box of floppy disks of like doom and Wolfenstein and Blake stone and like rise of the triad and all these other like weird first person shooter games. Like that's kind of when I fell in love with it was like way back when it wasn't even like golden eye or anything like that. Which I don't even think Old Knight's that great. I mean, it's whatever. It's not. It's not the kind of. I prefer like Doom sixty four and stuff like that. But, and we even got like you know Duke Nukem on there, but it couldn't hold the candle to this game. I don't think. I mean, it's Duke Nukem, but but Project Warlock plays so much better than any of those games do. You know, I'd say even even like Doom sixty four plays better than that. So it's 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 high. I have a hold in a very high place just because you can tell that they did not slack off in any way when they made this game. Like they gave their hundred hundred percent effort, and it definitely shows, and it looks gorgeous. So there you go. Well, for my number three, this game has been li- been listed on someone else's list, but for me, I had it up a little higher. I actually did manage to play all the way through it with minimal help online. I did end up looking for some help towards the end, but anyway, I'll just say what it is. It's Moon. There it is. Moon's a game that I was very very excited about hearing about it coming up to its release. And maybe the mo- one of the most aggressive texts I've ever sent a developer, or not texts, uh, tweets, was when Toby Fox was like, Threat. on his Twitter, he was like, I'm so happy that Moon's available now. I've never actually played this game, but the concept behind it was a huge inspiration for Undertale. Anyone that likes Undertale should play Moon. And I said that to him. I said, buy it now, all in all caps, in his um, Twitter. That's the most aggressive thing I've ever said a developer he didn't respond to it nor did anyone like it or comment on it but I like to think that I got through to him and he's gonna play it I'm sure he's I'm sure he's playing it I mean why I just at this point the game had been out for like a month and he still said he hadn't played it I'm like what the hell dude you should you should have <laughs> this game years ago yeah fuck, sure. fuck fuck Deltarune play play that game <laughs> yeah I know I know he's just sitting there probably constantly working on Deltarune but yeah, Moon is just, it's just a fantastic game. And I, and there's not a whole lot more to say other than what John said for why it's so charming. I mean, it's just a weird ass game. It is so weird. And that's probably a big reason why it didn't get released until now. But now the American society is ready for this weird ass game. And I think they released it at a great time. Um, character design wise, it reminds me a lot of uh, Mario RPG. That kind of weird, squishy, squished together, pre-rendered, almost chibi, mm-hmm. bizarre character design. The character designs are just so weird. There's like a guy, I don't want to spoil anything, John, because you're playing it, but just some of the backstories you find with some of these characters as you play through it are just so weird. Yeah. I love it. And the music, one thing we got to mention is the music's incredible in this game. You've, eventually you can buy all these records from this character that are all the all these different tracks that are only available in the game 
that way. I think that's like Thelonious Monker. I can't remember what the name of the the. Uh, it's like an acid jazz group or something that wrote all the music for this. But man, some of it is just so so good. Like I haven't even begun to wade through the music of this game and just how good it is and how it's hard to imagine it's 23 years old and it sounds like some of the more mainstream electronic stuff you would find nowadays on like some of the more experimental like different wave genres like chill wave synthwave blah 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 vaporwave like this stuff sounds like it could totally fit into the a lot of these different camps of this new more ambient music style that's gotten really popular in the last decade or so but uh not to sound too much like a music snob i don't know that much about it but i do know that this game has an incredible soundtrack i think it's worth playing all the way through i think that when i was done with it i thought for sure it was going to be my it was going to be way up there in my game of the year list it's in your top I was three right. i mean that's i was nothing right to, nothing sneeze at i almost feel bad putting it at three honestly i originally wanted it to be higher up but it makes sense that it's at three i played it for over 25 hours i got a great got you know every single dollar i spent of enjoyment out of it john there is hope once you get once you rescue enough souls you really just kind of don't have to worry anymore about the time limit it just kind of goes away okay good i look forward to that because it's just expanded out so much but man so it's just so weird i love this game this game, like, there's literally a period of time on my Twitter this year where I just kept saying stuff about Moon, and sometimes I would just type the word Moon. Um, anytime, like, NASA announced there was, like, they had a huge announcement about the Moon this year, I literally just, like, tagged it Moon. <laughs> and it was, they found water on the Moon, which, big, big surprise. You, whenever they say they have an announcement about an astro body, you assume it's, they found water, or evidence of water. But, yeah, like, I found Moon on the, sweet, on the, on the Switch. on the Switch. Yeah, uh, just just wait. I've been watching. Uh, I've been watching the Stand remake on uh, an, a- an NBC All Access or CBS All Access, whatever c- channel it is. And just wait when the Moon guy comes in there. You can retweet it about that, Mister M O O N. I hope he's gonna, oh, yeah. he hasn't shown up yet, but that's all I keep thinking about. M O M O O N. That smells game. M-O-O-N. I think I'm gonna go back to this game at some point, maybe sooner than later, and try to just see how fast I can get through it without looking at a guide because some of the stuff's really weird how you have to rescue the souls, but hopefully I've remembered most of that and I can kind of get not necessarily trying to speed run it, but I kind of want to go through it again and just experience again. Cause it's just such a weird game, but I came away from it feeling like I played something very important. I felt like, and I think I said it in the, before in the episode that if this game had come out when I was a kid, I would probably still regard it as one of my favorite games that I'd ever played. And that's still true. That's definitely true even now. It's just a game that really, really left an impression, and everybody should play it. If you like RPGs, play Moon. Please. If you like Undertale, <laughs> especially play Moon. But that's my number three. If you don't like RPGs, play Moon. I don't like RPGs, and I like this. This is you know basically a point and click game mm-hmm. in the disguise of an RPG, making fun of RPGs. Um, I don't. Yeah, I, yeah. I look forward to, to playing it a lot more. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I. I'd argue that it's not an RPG, but that's that could be another episode. But whatever. My number three, I don't know, it's just that kind of year. I needed to beat some people up, I guess. Double Dragon and Kunio Kun Retro Brawler Bundle. There it is. This is just the probably the best deal on the Switch, in my opinion. You get, I think I counted 18 games for when it was on sale, it was $20. And they're all great save for maybe one or two like there's one or two that i felt like hey, i'm never gonna play this again but you got the whole 
collection of Cuneo sports games, you know, that's your Super Dodgeball and any of those chibi uh, characters that you remember. Um, you know, that's that whole series. And then you got the Double Dragon and, you know, uh, River City Ransom and all that stuff is on there. Um, I intend to keep going back to this game. I, I beat the Niketsu Renegade Kunio Kun. That's, that's the Renegade in the United States. And I enjoyed playing that. Um, of course, I did have to do the save states and all that because that game is impossible and really unfair. But, um, yeah. Uh, Switch is the best system ever for, for brawlers. And this just sealed that deal. Seems like a really good value, if nothing else. Like, even if you're just kind of into beat-em-ups, it seems like it's a pretty great value for what it is. Absolutely. Like, you gotta get it if you're kind you're of into beat basically buying, like, a whole universe of games. It's true. Yeah, I don't know. As far as collections, it might be one of the bigger ones that I've, you know, encountered. There's the, there's the Genesis one that has 50 games on it. Maybe that's the biggest. But 18 games, yeah, for that deal, yeah, you gotta get it. And there's online play and everything. Mm-hmm. Cool. Do we all have the same ones? I thought we probably did. I think so. I think so, Which in which case we can just kind of gush about it for a little bit. We can while. do it all at the same time. Yep. All right. So, number two. And uh, I'm pretty sure I know what you guys' number twos are. All right, I think I know the rest of the episode, actually. I think I know what everybody's chosen. I don't know what your number two is. I know what Jeremy's is. You don't? Yeah. Wow. I'm surprised. Jeremy, I think I know what Jeremy should know. Is. I mean, I figured you guys would know what my number two was. I mean, take a guess. My number two is Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition. Of course. Which is one I put 120 hours into. So if you didn't guess that one, I don't know what you would think. Well, I didn't. Yeah. Didn't didn't think of that one. That's, that's my number two. Xenoblade, uh, yeah, it's definitely the best version of the game, as it says in the title, on Switch. I played it for 120 hours. I still have a little bit left on the uh, extra DLC stuff. I never finished the like second, whatever, the epilogue. I didn't get through all of that, but I'm still planning on doing it. But it has all the things that I like. It's like a big open world with, uh, you know, it's a big landscape where you walk around and you can you can like warp to wherever. And I like the battle system. It's more like Metal Gear. It's Metal Gear. It's more like Xenoblade Chronicles X, the the Wii one, the Wii U one than the than the Switch one. So yeah, I put a lot of water. I put a lot of hours into that game. I maxed out all my characters. I did most of all of the side missions. There's some like crazy super bosses at the end that I just couldn't that I just couldn't get through. So I kind of gave up, but. But yeah, I played it. It was my it was my game. It was my make me feel better about the world game because I just loved walking around and beating the shit out of people with my with my maxed out team. So did it feel good to finally beat a Xeno game? Yeah, I guess it's the only one I've beaten, right? And that yeah. has to feel like a huge weight off your chest. <clears throat> yeah, and I thought I was going to get stuck because there was a part because you go to this you know you go to this other world in the final en- ending and there's nowhere to grind. So if you go there too early and you can't beat the boss, you might get fucked. But I ended up. I, I was able to do it. I like changed my strategy a little bit, and then I was able to beat it because because I got killed a couple times trying to do it. And I was like, "Well, fuck! Am I did I screw myself? Because I don't think I can leave." But yeah, no, it's great. The story is awesome. The characters are great. Like everything looks great. Like they, you know, it's a it's a remaster. It's not that much different, but they changed. They did actually change the way all the characters look. So they redid the they re, redid their design from the ground up pretty much, and just like streamlining the side missions made them a lot more easier to do. 
like how you can see them on the maps and all that stuff was a really big thing for me whereas in the other one it was much more difficult because you had to remember the names of all the characters and try to find them on their own but this this will actually tell you where they are so it made it more fun for me and i played through you know people say you know i, I saw articles being like oh don't do the side missions i'm like well, if you don't do the side missions, then you'll be super underleveled by the time you get to the big bosses. So you should do everything. But no, it was great. It has an awesome soundtrack. Yeah, the the characters are good. The story's good. It was definitely... I haven't played I haven't played all the way through 2, but 1 is incredibly cinematic. Like, it's very much, like, story-driven RPG. Like, there's shit going on all over the place. And there's a lot of twists. There's some really cool... You know, there's some really cool twist parts. Like, a lot of shit happens that you would never expect. Like there's some really cool like stuff towards the end that's like oh I didn't expect that you know so it I didn't it didn't feel like too tropey or overdone or anything like that to me so I, I always really thought that the setting is just so cool like the two giant no the, the other the other two um, titans I guess they call them the big like godlike creatures yeah then they're just like locked in battle eternally and they live on them as planets so that's a pretty cool setting yeah and, and it's and it's like has the basic of like man versus machine where like the the machine like live on the other machine planet but it gets more complicated than that of course that's just the very beginning but it goes it goes farther it's not it's it's just it's not going to be the same story through the whole thing like it's definitely going to change you know the farther you get into it the deeper it gets and mythology and all that stuff but yeah you think it's, it's cool. the best one story-wise that you've, that you've played the three of the xenoblades yeah definitely yeah. it's definitely my favorite out of all of them hands down it's this one so the first one got the formula right and then this just well, the first as a one, remaster, yeah. it's the best version of it. Yeah, they just uh, they just like you know made it easier to play. Like did like put some quality of life stuff in there. You know, mostly they mostly just made the side missions easier to do. I think that was the big thing. But I really appreciate that because there's a lot of them, and I was just not doing them. And you get so much shit from doing the side missions that you really you should just do them. And what was really cool for this is you like go to a town and you talk to all the guys that have side missions. And then you go and do the next thing, and you do the side missions while you're on the way to the next thing, you know? So that's what I did. And it's, uh, yeah, it's become it's my top, like, what I tell people whenever they ask about, like, on the internet, if they ask about RPGs, I say Dragon Quest XI, Ease 8, and Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition. Those are my three, my big three RPG well, especially games Especially your play. number three of all time. For RPGs, for the RPG side, yeah. For Japanese RPGs, those three games are all good. I think people would not be disappointed with them. Same. But yeah, Xenoblade, it's great. It's If it ever goes on sale, you should definitely look into it, Jeremy, because I think it's fun. I like I've it. put off playing it for years. They even yeah. had a copy of it at uh, my local record store. I think you might have been there. They oh, had yeah. a copy of it for like 30 bucks, or maybe it was 40 It was on GameCube, and I passed on Wii? it up and I still regret it. Yeah. On Wii? Yeah, it was, it was not. Was it on it Wii? Was, it, was on, it was on Wii, yeah. You're right, yeah. yeah. I wish it was GameCube. That was the that was the I would first remember one. That. Yeah, well, I mean, it was you know, it had such a weird. It's weird that it's like you know because it took forever to come out. And it wasn't going to come out here, and there was that that Project Rainfall and all that stuff, and mm-hmm. and the Wii version was a GameStop exclusive, so it was like rare, and that's why I didn't get it because it was too fucking expensive when it finally came around, and you couldn't find it anywhere. So they were selling it for like seventy, eighty dollars at least. By the time it came around, and then I got the 3DS version, and that's not the ideal version. I've I've talked about this many times, but it was really nice to see to play Xenoblade Chronicles like in the best version that it can be, and it's great. It looks great. It looks really really good. Like the the graphics look great, and it's everything is just gigantic fucking levels. Like it's all about scope. Like it's super it's super scopey, you know. And it's like oh hey, 
this is big, or like I'm inside of a giant robot and there's all these fucking gears and shit. And it just, all of the different locations just had their own personality to them. And it was just a joy to walk through them all and just look around and be like, holy fuck. And it's the same thing like a Xenoblade Chronicles X where like, you know, you see gigantic guys walking through the, you know, walking through the area that you don't want to fuck with that are like level 80s. And then later, 100 hours down the road, you can maybe try to think about challenging them, you know, even though they're probably still pretty tough. But, and I, and I like the battle system the way it is. It's like, it's a little bit less complex than X is, but it's not, it's not as complex as two got, you know, it's, it's like a, it was that sweet spot for me. Like I knew, I knew what I was doing. It wasn't like where I couldn't figure it out. Like I knew how to, how to beat the characters and all that. And it was fun. I had, I had a lot of fun with it. Highly recommended Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition. I, oh, I might have to get it. I feel like it really got snubbed in over the year, which is a shame because it's really good. I, I was sad it maybe because it's a I don't know. I was like maybe because it's a remaster, but Final Fantasy VII they gave like so much to that game for being a remaster. But I feel like people forgot about Xenoblade, and it feels like a modern RPG. Nowadays, everybody <laughs> want to talk. Okay. Yeah, it, it feels like such a modern RPG too. Like when you play it, like it feels like. I don't know. I feel it, it. I know it came out like years ago, but it still feel. I don't feel like it's aged at all. I, th- I feel like it still feels like a, like a this generation RPG. Like just the way, mm-hmm. the way everything is fluid and the way and the way it works and stuff like that. It's it's cool. You know they've they've kind of. It's not your basic. It's not your basic RPG, but it's different enough that I felt like. I don't know. It felt cutting edge. It felt cutting edge at the time, and I think it still feels cutting edge now, with the battle system and the way you acquire money and stuff like that and items. It's not like, you know, you don't get money from, from fighting guys. You have to do missions to get money. And then you can buy stuff from shop, from shops in town, but they're not always going to be going to have better stuff. You know, you might have to go out and try to find stuff with everything, other things. And it is kind of more based around like, uh, moves that you have than what equipment you have. And yeah, it's, it's all this stuff that I felt was just felt like a new RPG, you know, and that's why I liked it. So number two, right there for me with a, with a Xenoblade. Two of the Xeno, yeah, that's seriously. I might look into getting that in the next little while because that's a pretty high praise. You putting it as your number two game, and I haven't even like tried it. Well, I mean, I put, like I said, I'm not exaggerating. I put 120 hours into it. I obviously didn't not like it, you know, because I would have not played it for that much. And I saw it all the way to credits, also. So, and I'm planning on seeing it to second credits once I get through that DLC part. I mentioned about it before. The, the problem with the DLC is you have to start all over again, and that's kind of annoying when you've put like hundreds of hours into your characters and your armor and all that stuff. And then it's supposed to take place after the story, but all your characters still—I mean, they start from like level sixty or something—but you lose all your weapons and all your shit that you had before, so you still still got to kind of start from scratch. And you have different characters too; it's not the same people. So, so whatever. But I was starting to get the hang of it, and it's still like on my list of stuff I want to finish soon. Maybe not before the end of this year, but definitely soon. All righty. Well, my number two, like Trey and John have already figured out, and probably the listeners, if you've ever listened to an episode in the last like three months. Uh, my number two is a game I put over 100 hours in as of now when I last checked it. Who knows how much of that time maybe it was me just standing in place, like doing other stuff because that game allows it. But yeah, I'm giving it away. Uh, it's Hades. Yeah, <laughs> I figured. Yeah, Hades is my number two. Hades was sort of late in the year release. What is it? September, I thought. Maybe it was October. What month did Hades come? I think it was September. Was it September? It wasn't. Yeah, I don't know. It was. I thought it was like mid-year or something. And everybody talked about it. It's a. 
it's IGN's game of the year. You know, they they voted for that one. And oh yeah, it's gotten it's gotten praised up and down all over the place. Yeah, it was September seventeenth. Yeah, pretty late in the year. This game like wasn't even on my radar at all, and it was a lot like I would compare it to Celeste. The fact that something that wasn't on my radar at all, all of a sudden like I'm seeing all this press about it and like how great it is and how whether or not you like this genre, you're gonna love this game. And in both cases, they were right to market it that way because it worked for me. Uh, maybe it wasn't just marketing, you know, it was actual gaming journalism too. But I uh, really like this game a lot and still play it almost every day, at least for a little bit. I'm over 100 runs in, so it would make sense. 100 hours would make sense to a certain extent, but I, a run's never been more than an hour. Like, I've never spent more than 40 minutes on a run, so I don't know if there's just some dicking around that I did or maybe I like left it running and then like walked away for a while. But needless to say, I've put some serious time into this. I've completely unlocked everything on the mirror and uh, I've already been like going into the underworld with like crazy punishment on myself from the start and having a lot more fun with it. So I never thought I would enjoy making the game harder and still love playing it. But yeah, I actually like it. And you would so, still enjoy like kind of doing the same thing, but it changes a little bit every time. I do, and and I may be exaggerating a little bit. Like this past week, I've definitely taken some time off the game. I've played it once or twice, but you know it hasn't been an everyday thing. There is a certain feeling of completion, which I haven't actually mentioned it officially in an episode until now. So here's the official announcement about Hades. I beat it for real. Oh, the uh, credits? Yeah, I got the credits. Yeah, Th- that happened a few weeks ago, but we haven't talked about. Yeah, we haven't talked about games in a while, actually, until this We one, haven't, so. which, you know, for whatever reason, has been actually kind of refreshing. It's, it's been interesting, like, changing up the formula. But uh, I have been, like, aching to tell people that I actually finished it. I didn't want to post anything on social media because I didn't want to spoil it, knowing that Trey's playing it and other people that are listening may be playing it. I mean, if you want it spoiled, it's easy enough to do that. But really, like, there's no spoiler in saying you have to beat it several times to get the credits and yeah, well, we knew that. I mean, I we knew, knew that. that. We officially yeah. knew that. But uh, yeah, I got that a few weeks ago, and I've only finished it. I think I've actually only finished it one more time since then because I've just been kind of like throwing too much at myself and not successfully <laughs> escaping anymore because it's so hard. But I'm still having a good time with it. There's still a lot to unlock, and a lot of the relationship trees to see, like what a special event, like powers and stuff, I can still get once you like max out your relationship with everybody and give them uh, ambrosia and stuff, you can get new things. So I've still got a lot to unlock as far as that's concerned, but the game's definitely a little more lighthearted. I will say after you see the credits, it doesn't change the gameplay at all. It just actually the game's harder if you want to keep continuing, but Mm -hmm. it's a little less dire. I will say. Did you max out any of the weapons? Yeah, I maxed out the sword. Oh, okay. So I have uh, Excalibur is what it turns into. Makes well, sense. The ultimate sword from the future. Not that there's not other future weapons in that, like uh, the gun. <laughs> oh, yeah, sure. The rail gun from Doom that, uh, that, that imported in there from another game series or Quake, whatever. But it was very it was very easy to put this where it is on the list because I put a lot of time into it. I loved every second of it, and I still think about it. Like I see like people f- posting fan art and stuff almost every day and like I love it all. Like I appreciate the fan art and I bought a t-shirt. I don't have it yet, but I like the game so much I bought its t-shirt. 
It's like you, there you go. See a, ba- a band you like. <laughs> and you buy the t-shirt, so, yeah. It's official with this game. It's number two in my heart for what? 2020. I mean, I tried to get Xenoblade Chronicles stickers, but I never got them because Nintendo thwarted that idea. They, they stole my platinum points, but wouldn't even let me get fucking stickers. So I'd get a Xenoblade shirt if I could, but whatever. You'll get one someday. I'll if you have to make it yourself. Stickers someday. Yeah, I might. May, <laughs> I mean, I'd probably make one eventually, but whatever. My number two, I was really tempted to put it at, at number one. Like, I really thought about it. Yeah. But my number two is super liminal. There it is. Yep, I, just, I, I love this game. I was right. I was right on all on all two of them. I was right all on All two of them. On your number twos, yeah. You probably knew yours too. You knew all three. I knew mine. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, my my number two has been number two for like pretty much the whole year. So I mean, those those ones were not hard to think about for me. But continue. I just thought this game was like transcendent. It's like perfectly paced. It's it's you know not too long. I think I I think I took a leisurely like eight hours with it. I think most people would probably beat it a little bit faster. I've seen people beat it in as quick as 30 minutes um, but I just enjoyed it so much I, I, I've been wanting Portal on Switch for a long time this was like even this was even more than, than like a, a good substitute this is this, this is something that sort of fills that void but it's something else entirely it's something different something unique something all its own the best part I would, if I had to boil it down to one compliment for this game it just constantly surprised me again and again and again it never repeated itself never got old never got stale and it was evident in some of the design choices that they were actively playing with with the player okay you've done it this way twice before now this third time it looks the exact same but twist something's different and it just made it so fun and fresh all the way through. And then that's to say nothing of the the last act. The last act is just it just kicks it up a notch to become like art. It's 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 one of the most transcendent experiences I think I've ever had playing a game where it just makes you think like um, they're not spoon feeding me. There's not they're not spoon feeding me any kind of meaning, but they're just like presenting some abstract experience. And letting me live in it and derive my own meaning. It, it was it's just beautiful. And I think even for full price for twenty bucks, yeah, absolutely. It's it's a must. For sure. Yeah. Did I'd you say it was sublime? I know. I think it is sublime, yeah. <laughs> I would call it super liminal. I'd call it super liminal. Super whatever. So yeah. No, I, I figured that would be the twos for everybody. I I don't think I would have guessed that as number two. I know you really liked that game, but it was I guess it's one of those cases of it being a fairly recent game. Staying power, yeah. I guess. Or right. yeah. Well These it came out in it came out in July, but I didn't get it until it got on sale like, you know, a month ago. Yeah. Or mm-hmm. maybe a little over a month ago. Yeah. But yeah, it's just man, I, I want to talk to other people who've played the game and just like get their expression get, get their get their impressions of it and is it something yeah, it's a conversation like piece is worth playing again? Would yes. It just be like playing portal again. Oh, just to get through it quicker or there's a, there's stuff on top of it. Like there's certain things you have to find that I didn't find. So a little like sort of achievements. Yeah. Well, there's that's actually an achievement system in the game. Okay. So I didn't do all the achievements, but there's like hidden pieces that you can find hidden chess pieces. And you have to, 
collect them all, put them on the computer at the at the at the office that you keep visiting again and again. So it's and then the something happens like after that. Not I wouldn't call it a hub. It's like something that keeps repeating itself again and again throughout the game. It's not like something you, know, you can go back to anytime you want. Hmm. There's that that's another thing about it. There's just themes and recurring images that you'll notice like, oh, didn't I see that somewhere before? And they just expertly stack them like one on top of another to where you feel like, oh, you you noticed that. You, the player, like you feel rewarded for having paid attention. And now it's like there's callbacks after callbacks after callbacks. So it's very satisfying. Nice. Yeah, I'll definitely check it out sometime in the future whenever uh, I have well, time I'm to more compelled to, to. I think I just, I don't know. I really want to play Portal, and I feel like anything even coming close to Portal Yes, Other that's the, the one. original game, uh, Narbacular Drop, which is what Portal was based on. I don't know. I just feel like hesitant to play it. And I think it was that, like, I always freak out what that game was. The, the game with the dimensions in it. That game kind of ruined it for me because it just wasn't that good. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we talked about that before. Also, oh, that other... Game was it? It, we can we can remember the name of it. I think it's it's on the one that, the one that has the annoying song. It was on PS3, um, hmm. but it might be on Switch now too. The the gun Quantum one, conundrum. yeah, Quantum Conundrum. Oh, okay, that one. Also the the Chroma Gun one, which is kind of like Portal as well. That one that was actually on sale. I don't know if it's still on sale, but that was half off for like those type of games. That was the other one that I was looking at because that was. I think I had a demo of it for PS3, but it's like similar thing to Portal, but you shoot different. Man, Portal Two is so long. Ago. You shoot different colors that that affect that do different things, like in, in whatever. And that's how you use with it. But yeah, do you wanna do you wanna just all say our number one at the same time? Because I know I think I know what it is across the board. We could just do a across the board. Is that a hint? Oh sure. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I was like board. There's no board there. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, it's if it's not this one, I'd be really sh- surprised. But okay, three, two, one. Fall Animal guys. Crossing. <laughs> Animal Crossing. Yeah. You no, do. it's really Animal Crossing. Of yeah, Animal Crossing, number one game of the year. Uh, there was no, it was no doubt on that for me. But I mean, I've, I, I think I'm just under. I think I'm only under like 400 hours or close to 400 hours on Animal Crossing. But still. That's just, you know, I still play it, like, fairly often. It's It's been able to keep me intrigued by it, like, through the whole year with all the added stuff. I don't know if I'll play it as much next year, but this is the most I think I've played any of the Animal Crossings that have come out ever. Even though I played the GameCube one a lot. That was the one I played the most before this, but... It was yeah. so obviously number one that I was tempted to suggest, you know, why don't we do like we did before when taking it uh, out, yeah. When, oh, yeah. when Odyssey and, and, and Breath of the Wild came out, yeah, take it out. But you know, this year it was just so deserving. Yeah. Like it was the right game, right time. I mean, for real. It came the day after California shut down. It was California that, shut down on the nineteenth. Yeah. It was like game that, came on the twentieth. It was like that week. It was amazing how like lightning mm-hmm. in a bottle it was. It was because yeah, we had just voted for Bernie, tried to vote for Bernie. And then, like, and the bar that I worked at had already been shut down that weekend before. And then, uh, I forget, I forget if Black Ink was shut down that week or the week after. I think it was the week after. I think it was like Tuesday. But yeah, it was like right when the shit hit the fan. Animal Crossing was there to put band aids on our wounds or whatever to <laughs> try, try to absorb the try to the heal impact. us. Yeah. <laughs> I think I only took it to work two or three times, if I remember, because one of the things I was most excited about it, of course, was the on the switch being able to take it with me on the bus and stuff. Mm-hmm. So 
I was really excited to play it mobile, and I, that was probably the only couple, like two or three times I played it mobile the whole time I've had it because we, of the opportunity. Yeah. I, I mean, I played it at those couple times that I went to to Jess's grandma's house. I played it there, and I remember connecting to the internet on my phone so I could send so I could send Jess like a present or something. But yeah, we still and also like you know, Jess. It's like Jess is like ultimate favorite game ever. So. So I still play it pretty often so I can interact with her and we can go to each other's towns and send each other's bre- presents and stuff like that. So it's still, there's still a lot to do, you know, cause it's, yeah, it's a great multiplayer game for both of us. So, and, that, and that's part of it. And aside from like, you know, like the Halloween one was like trying to get all the spooky furniture. And then like now it's the perfect snowman. It's like just, there's always, there's always seems to be something for me to do. And I just, right. re- we still have a few months left of that too. And I just realized that the if you got any of the mushroom furniture, you can turn them all into like Super Mario Brothers mushrooms, like the like the red and white mushrooms. Oh, really? Yeah, because you can cool. customize them. So, so I have like a mushroom table and a mushroom seat in my in my heart in my house, and I changed it to uh, the the red and white Mario looking mushrooms. So it looks oh, cool. cool. Yeah. So you just used uh, whatever those tickets are, whatever they are. Yeah, it's, it's just the customization tickets. You don't need, like, more mm-hmm. mushrooms to change it or something like that, like the pumpkins. I have a ton of mushrooms. I just haven't really made anything with them yet. Well, if you don't have any mushroom DIYs, you won't be able to make... I have some mushroom DIYs. Okay. Because, yeah, I remember they were all in the sky, and I didn't get any from the sky. I ended up just getting... Jess just gave me whatever leftover she had. Because I think she ended up buying them on the internet from somebody. <laughs> the mushroom DIYs. Because they were kind of hard to get. But she bought it for, I mean, it was like $5. But they also gave her like 5 million bells or something like that. It was ridiculous. So she ended up getting a lot. I just can't even price, imagine but. what you're doing to farm them where you could sell them at that low of a price. Like a million bells would take a really long time to farm. I don't know. I mean, it was like a bonus. She didn't even know it was there. Like she was just buying the DIYs, but it also came with a bunch of bells. So, so yeah. But, yeah, no, uh, Animal Crossing – I was definitely playing it every single day, like in uh, at the very beginning of the pandemic, and now I've been playing it every single day again because I've been trying to do all the snowman stuff, and also I've I've started my uh, boomer quest as I call it. I'm actually trying to get Boomer the penguin to to get into my town with the amiibo card that Jess bought me. So, oh, and you have to scan it like every day for four days, and I've done it for two days so far. So you're just trying to get him to show up at the campsite. Yeah, he'll show up at the campsite, but you have to have him. He has to be there a few times before he'll move into the town. Oh, is it like that for all characters, or just him specifically? For the ones that you bring in with amiibo with amiibo cards, it is. Oh, okay. You have to you have to bring them in multiple times, and you have to do tasks for them. Like they'll ask you to make something, and give it to them, and then you make something and give it to them, and then you call them back again. But once they're once you once that you can actually get them into your town. <laughs> You can choose which character you want to leave the town. It's not random. So that's really cool. Oh, cool. You can actually say, like, whoever. And I actually thought about, you know, becoming part of the Drop Pashmina Club. I'm the last one that's left that still has oh, man, Pashmina. It's been so nice having <laughs> Pashmina gone. Well, well, you drop Pashmina and then Jess drop Pashmina. And I'm the only one left with Pashmina still. So I think it's time for her to get kicked out, I guess. I'll probably get Pashmina next. So I just had somebody leave. <laughs> it was either it was either Hippo or Mash Pashmina. I thought about kicking out Hippo because he was the only guy that didn't display my Christmas gift that I got for him in his house. Oh so I was going to be like, "Listen, buddy, you're out." See, I didn't do the Christmas <laughs> thing. I didn't get on Animal Crossing that day. I wish I oh. had. Oh, I did. It was fun. I did. I did Toy Day. 
It was. I mean, you basically just wrap you just wrap presents and give them to people. Well, they give you they give you a, a, a sack, you know, like the Santa mm. Santa uh, gift sack or whatever, and you go around and hand hand out gifts to everybody in that. But you can also, if you if you want to, you can also like wrap gifts and give them to give them another gift, and they'll give you a gift as well. Uh-huh. So you'll basically you can get different colors of of the toys that you that weren't available in the shop through that way if you wanted to like different variations of of whatever. So wow. but you can also take those gifts and wrap them and give them to other people and get different you know if you have duplicates that you don't want like and for me there was a plush there was like a plush dog in in Nook's in like Nook's cranny. So I just bought a bunch of those and wrapped them and gave them to people like forever whatever was extra, you know. So but but most like 90% of my villagers they've all put they put their toys in their house so you can come in and like, cause one of them is like a remote control helicopter and you can like touch it and it flies in the air and all that. Like most of them are interactive. So it's cool. There's like pop-up books that you can put on the ground that have different stuff in it, depending on which one it is. There's like a dinosaur one and a lion one and some other shit. And I got like the purple doll house and I got the green and green and purple robot that like walks when you, when you touch it. So I went to play it on Christmas, but uh, I guess it was already over. And I got the impression, was it on Christmas or was it on Christmas Eve? I think it was on Christmas Eve. Yeah, because I played it on Christmas and it said, oh, didn't you enjoy Toy Day yesterday? Oh, what, you weren't there? It's like, I thought it was going to be today. Yeah, oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I I think it was Christmas Eve, yeah. So it was, yeah, Toy Day is the day before. So we did that. But I really missed it. Yeah, but... uh. Yeah, it's been, why they did that. It's been fun. It's been a lot of fun for me, and I, you know, I can't say anything more about it. It's just there are rarely games that I play that much. It's definitely has the number one spot in my most has the most hours on my Switch. You know, hands down, it's like that game and Mario Maker and Xenoblade and Dragon Quest are like the top four, I think, for most time. Yeah, this is my number one game on my Switch. I've got five hundred and ten hours on it. If you guys want to know, just for funsies, I did add up all my my top ten games, the times I had written down for them. Oh, let's hear it! And it was a total of over seven hundred and twenty hours. Which you do the math, that is literally one full month of this year. I was playing Switch. Oh, yeah, we we didn't we didn't talk about the uh, times that Nintendo gave you, but uh, you know, I did the thing where it like counts up all your all your like a uh, Nintendo account hours and. Mine was like fifteen hundred, I think. Yeah, and it was nine hundred last year, so it went up like six hundred hours. Yeah, that's the yeah, thing. I think mine's... Was just my top ten games. I, it's not including all the other stuff I played. Yeah, and I think it was like a hundred. It was like one hundred and seventy different games or something like that. It was ridiculous on number. I mean, do you have anything else to say about Animal Crossing? I've said what I need to say. I guess. I mean, I've said I'll say what I said before many times, but that it literally replaced my job when I was unemployed for that full month or oh, about a month and a half, actually. I mean, I was collecting unemployment. Of course, it was the very beginning part of all this and the restaurant was learning how to adapt and uh, they did a great job and I've been able to work ever since. But uh, during that time, like I just, during the time I normally would have been working, it's when I was playing Animal Crossing and like maybe more, maybe sometimes I'd start earlier or start later and stay later, but yeah, I there was days where I'd play it ten to twelve hours easily. Oh yeah, and uh, I remember there was one day when I woke up and the controller was right by my bed, and like I just turned it on, and then I just literally laid there and played it the whole day until I went to sleep again. That's, that's that was the like dream. Yeah, that was like like early April or so. Like just got I up really and like got, got food or whatever, and 
Yep. Uh-huh. Took a pee once in a while. Yeah. Yep. That was it. It was Animal Crossing Day I all day. I definitely had a day similar to that. I don't know if I played it. I, I think 12 hours is probably about the longest I would have played it, but that's still a lot. I, I played it a lot more at the beginning when it was, you know, when you're trying to save money to pay off your house and all that stuff. And now it's it felt more like a game. Yeah. yeah. Now it's just basically like, you know, I, I still mine rocks and, and plant trees or whatever, but it's mostly just rolling around snowballs. Like that's, that's the main thing I've been doing. So I still like to, you know, increase my bank account in that, but it's just not as fun anymore. Like it's just very steadily rising or not steadily, slowly rising up. And, uh, Every day I'll just like plant another money tree. So I think I'm up to having like 40 something money trees. Yeah. And you, and you haven't harvested them. No. So I was going to take where I have like this, like bamboo area that I put up in the spring to try to get to five stars, which I still have not gotten. Uh, I'm going to fill it with money trees instead and have like the million dollar orchard or whatever, but it's just stupid, but it's just, it's (laughs) my next goal. That's where I'm at in this game. Yeah, and hopefully we can all... I mean, that was the plan that we were going to do, like, a New Year's Eve Animal Crossing, if anybody's still into it, you know. Ooh, that, let's I'll be there. Fire under my ass. We'll, we'll be around. To build my orchard. Yeah, so uh, that 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 was the plan. I know, like, Jess's brother and his wife want to hang out, too, so that's what when we all have Animal Crossing. Shauna wants to hang out. Of course, she can't play Animal Crossing. Yeah, but she can hang out. She'll be there. Sure. And I, I don't know when I don't know when you guys want to start. I'm actually my mine is still in L.A. time because I set it back at around Halloween because I didn't want to miss Halloween because we were working on Halloween. I so, think I'll be working till at least nine. Yeah, I figured we'd start at like I don't know eleven, nine or ten later. or something. I don't know. Yeah, something like that. So I guess we could always join later because I still got it because I still got to edit this podcast at some point because mm-hmm. it's really really long. And speaking of that, uh, I think we should probably start to wrap it up here. But yeah, that was that was our 10 games for this year. I think it's a very exciting list, uh very different. You're getting the number 1 game for the for the podcast was pretty easy. Oh yeah, yeah. No. I, we got to do yeah, we'll do we the didn't have to do points a point system like we used to do. Yeah. I I've, I've been actually I've been counting them up as we've been talking here. So this is what I have. So obviously number 1 for the show is Animal Crossing. There you go. That's coming in with 30 points, but Let's see. Oh, wait. I think this is our most varied list that we've had so far. I like how all of our number twos were different. Our Smash Brothers, the Smash Brothers one was uh, pretty different also. The one with Smash Brothers came out, Mm -hmm. and I was the only one that took it off the list. (laughs) And and everybody else had it on there. But it was in different places. Like, I don't think anybody Mm -hmm. had it in the first. Maybe John did, but I I I think I had it in first, and I kind of regret not not putting the messenger there. Oh yeah, because the message that was the messenger year where it all just kind of yeah came around. But uh, let me know if I because there's only a couple ones that because the only repeats we have that more than one person voted for is like Moon, Phoenix Rising, Jet Lancer, and Hades. Mm-hmm. So and all of those, there was only two people. There was never like yeah, there was never people besides Animal but, Crossing. But it'll be more. Is it more points based on where it is on the list? Or? Yeah, but we added up. So this is what I have. Animal Crossing is number one. Uh, Hades and Moon are tied for two with 12 Ooh, points. I like that. Or it's tied, Hades and Moon are tied for number two with 12 points. Uh, Phoenix Rising has 10 points. So that would be number three, whatever, four, you know, because they're tied. Let's just say three. That one's three because those are the two are tied for two. And then after that would be, um, but I'll, well, no, it wouldn't be. After that would be Xenoblade Chronicles and Superliminal because they both have nine points. 
because of their place in the in the list. And then after that would be Jet Lancer with a combined eight points, which is tied with uh, Kunio Kun and Project Warlock. So there you go. So number two is either Hades or Moon. So I really thought you guys were all going to put Paper Mario as your number one. <laughs> I didn't play it. I didn't even play it. I didn't even bother playing with it. You just I just w- knew it was that good. I was so I was so not into it that I just completely skipped it. <laughs> that was how I felt about that game. I knew I was going to hate it, so I didn't even bother. Plus, it helped that pandemic. I kind of wish I had bought it so I could send it to you and make you play it. <laughs> oh, since so you bought, bought a physical? physical? Yeah. Yeah. I'd play it, but it's probably going to be like Color Splash again, where I'm like, this is written really well, but man, these battles are boring as fuck. Yep. <laughs> you know, it's like the the part that has the 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 part that is the most of the game is fucking boring. So, what's the point? You know, that's kind of how I feel about that. But yeah, that's our winners for the year, and I uh, hope everybody's you know had a, had an okay, you know, had made it through 2020. You know, it's been a really really hard year, but thankfully we had all these good games to play. And uh, this is our final episode of Nintendo Main for 2020. So, Sayonara. Of the regular one, you know, we'll have another, we'll have a Patreon, but I don't know if it'll come out this at the end of this year or not. But I'm planning on doing a nice little extra bonus episode if we can, if we have the bandwidth. I don't know. This, this episode's incredibly long, but I want to, I want to put a, a WART radio of best songs of 2020 from video games. So that's a good idea. That's my next thing that I'm doing. I actually have most of it done because I did do a best of 2020 earlier in the year when I was doing the stuff the DJ stuff on Twitch, but I'm planning on doing, I'm going to do a DJ thing of it on Saturday, January 2nd. So I'm going to test out my green screen on DJing. So I'll stick my head inside of the games that I'm playing the songs from. So <laughs> come by and watch that at twitch.tv slash Nintendo main podcast. That'll be Saturday night at 2 AM. That's the normal, normal time, central time, you know, come hang out, drop a, drop a comment or whatever. And I'll be drinking, drinking and saying goodbye to 2020 in my own, mixture of songs so there you go but this has been episode 251 our best of 2020 episode uh if you want to find more of our stuff go to nintendomainpodcast.com if you want to support the show go to patreon.com slash nintendomainpodcast for just a dollar you can hear all of our bonus shows we have many expansion pack episodes that are only on the patreon feed so check that out and also uh a sister the sister show how is it now? We just started a Patreon-only show called How Is It New, where we talk about new movies instead of old movies. We just did a review of that, or just we talked about that wonderful movie called Wonder Woman that I'm sure everybody's really loving right now. But that's we we talked the about 1984 one. Yeah, 1984. We talked we talked about that. That's our bonus one. There's also we have an episode on Beetlejuice as well that's on there. And if you you know if you uh, drop a dollar on on the Patreon, you get access to both of the show, both of the Patreon shows. And they'll all be on one feed too, if you want to listen to both of them. So and all that stuff, and they come out twelve hours in advance and higher bit rate and minus commercial and all that stuff. So it's all on there. Of course, if you want to see me stream stuff with the green screen, uh, Twitch.tv/slash/NintendoMainPodcast. We also have videos at YouTube.com/slash/NintendoMainPodcast, and you can follow Jeremy and I on Twitter at Nintendo underscore Domain and at JMaxStack and all that. And I think that's I think that's it. We've been your hosts. I'm Trey Johnson. I'm Jeremy Mikowski. John Nitter. And uh, see you later, and see 2020 later. Get the fuck out of here, 2020. You're done. Goodbye, 2020. The end. Hello next year. <laughs>
มีมิดนามีโอเวมีนานามีเวมีมิเวโอเวโอมีเวโอเวโอมีโอมีโอนาเวมีนาโอเวมีโอเวมีเวมีโอนานาโอนาโอมีเวมีมิดนามีโอเวมีนานามีเวมีมิเวโอโอเวโอมีเวโอเวโอมีโอมีโอเดี๋ยวเราจะเปลี่ยนไปเลยเดี๋ยวเราจะเปลี่ยนไปเลยเดี๋ยวเราจะเปลี่ยนไปเลยเดี๋ยวเราจะเปลี่ยนไปเลย